Hello, everybody, and welcome to part three of Wrestling with COVID-19. I, I guess that's the unofficial title of this. Um, Jim, we have a lot to get through because a lot has changed since the last time we talked about wrestling and COVID-19, as pretty much you predicted. Right, which this is why I was like, okay, I think we're going to do this show like every, not every week because that's not really fair, but like every week to week and a half to even two weeks, I would say the mm -hmm. latest, because this country's insane. Um, so <laughs> the, I, I do, I do want to mention this because I have felt really bad about not saying this. And Bill, I think you would agree, and probably Josiah as well, is I just want to take the time to thank all the healthcare workers, all the people yeah. that are truly helping us get through these things. Here in the United yes. States, I don't consider that our federal government. I consider it you guys out there, that the nurses, the doctors, um, even the Amazon delivery people. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That's especially for me, by the way. Because um, <laughs> I've well, got more orders coming in. And we'll talk about that why a little bit later on. But yeah, you guys are the true heroes. You deserve a round of applause. And you deserve to be taken care of. And I hope... Eventually, our country, and we'll get into if, how Canada's handling things from Josiah, um, but on our side here in the United States, we really hope that, you know, we are able to take care of you because you are on the front lines, mm -hmm. and, I, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that I'd be envious to, to be doing, I can tell you that much. And mm. also, and we'll dive more into this later, a big fuck you to all of the people that are protesting. And, yes. and, and we'll get into that later on because it's very very selfish and i get it guys you're like i have a business to run you know for small business owners fine let's make a thing where you can go in but your employees don't have to under without any repercussion again mm. we'll get to it later on uh, either from you or the federal government I, I, if that's how you, if you're someone that thinks like that, then I'm good with you. But if you not, know, if you're just thinking about yourself, then no. You know, I was thinking about this, um, staying in the line of, you know, thanking the the first yeah. responders and all those. Um, I want to, I want to see Jim and even you, Josiah. I want to see if you guys remember this. Well, there well, used to well, be. First a, off, we never even gave Josiah a proper oh, yeah. let's welcome, introduction. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's welcome Josiah back. He's a friend from Canada, from up in the north. How are you doing, Josiah? Yeah. I'm doing all right from the great, not-so-white north right now. Uh, even though it snowed today, of all all things, uh, which is unusual for this time of the year. Oh, but otherwise, fine. <laughs> all right, Bill, go ahead. I can tell you what you were going to yeah. say before that. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about this. Do you guys, and maybe, you know, went with your parents a long time ago. You remember a show called This Is Your Life? Yes. Uh, I don't, but I, I I know what it's about. It's like the, the Foley This Is Your Life segment kind of thing. Yeah, where like a whole show is dedicated to one person. I'd like to see that brought back when this pandemic is over, because I, I think there would be some amazing stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hear. really. This now would be the perfect time to bring that back. If anybody who's a big wig in television is listening to this podcast, go to your boss and say, let's bring back This Is Your Life. And then when you do, sign me a check for about $3 million, oh and we'll be set. 
<laughs> that being said, I do think in about a whenever everything goes back to <clears throat> as normal as normal can be, excuse me. Um, I do think we're going to see a lot of TVs and movies kind of ride the tr- try to ride the trend of what's let's base let's use this as a plot device. I can 100% mm-hmm. see that. Yep. Um, whether or not they actually call it COVID-19 or coronavirus, I don't think they will. But it's going to be one of those things like, you know what I mean. Will they treat us like adults or like babies? Right. We'll find out. We'll find out. Find out on the next exciting episode of WWE Raw. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that later on. But look, let's get to the, uh, the COVID stuff first. Again, if you're looking for pure wrestling talk, you might want to go 20 minutes to a half hour in. Um, so look, here in the United States... And the, the states could be more, and Bill, you can correct me if you know this or not. Uh, we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo. Yes, I had my tacos earlier on a Tuesday, so it was Taco Tuesday. All right, look at you. Cinco, <laughs> happy Cinco de Mayo to everyone. 7.22 p.m. I have taco flavor cheesies. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, as of what I know, 32 states are reopening, not fully, but enough in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Some ranging from, hey, we're just going to open um, barbershops and salons to we're going to open up our beaches. And uh, like I said, a few more are, I might be missing a few, but if I'm, if it is 32 as of right now, this recording, in the upcoming days, there's supposed to be even more. Um so, I guess my first question goes to Josiah here. We've been advised by the scientists, like, don't do this because, you know, gonna, you might have a bigger wave then because now people are going back out. How is Canada handling things? Have you guys reopened anything? Um, s- small things. Um, in short, not really. Well, can you, before we go uh, into it, can, can you remind mostly me, but I'm sure there's other people that have a question as well. Um, sure. You know, in the United States, obviously we have the United States of America, and then we have states um, that are that are part of it, and each run by a governor. Can you kind of describe real quick your, um, what you guys go by? I know yeah, it's provinces, so. right? Yeah, something like that. Yes, we have uh, provinces and three territories. So uh, the northern territories are are they, they're basically provinces. They're just very small, so there's not a lot of population. So they're just territories. Um, but yes, uh, in Canada we have Newfoundland and Labrador, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta. British Columbia, the Yukon, Northwest Territories, and none of it. So, uh, no. Bill, Bill, you just popped me. I, I you just popped <laughs> me. <laughs> he sent me the message. I, I tried so hard to keep a straight face. I could, I couldn't keep going. Um, it was Bill sent me a joke. <laughs> uh, now, which, yes. what, what, now, where are you compared to all the stuff that you're describing? So I'm in New Brunswick. I'm on the east coast of Canada. Okay. Uh, I am probably. I'm not like we're right. I'm basically uh, the our I guess southernmost border of New Brunswick is actually Maine. Uh, so we're we're not far away from Maine, um, where I'm at. 
Um, and really that it wouldn't be very, it wouldn't even be that long a drive to get to New York from, mm. from hmm. uh, maybe a 12 hour drive, something like that, which I mean, it's a long drive, but it's not a long, long drive. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so what's open, uh, what's not over up there? So uh, until recently, we had everything locked down tight. Uh, uh, but our businesses that were able to operate with delivery and things like that or curbside ser- service, uh, all of them are allowed to function uh, as long as they have proper precautions for their employees mm-hmm. uh, in place. Uh, because not everyone is going to be working. Like you're not going to have a waitress working at a restaurant. You might have a cook, though. Right. but. Uh, you know, things like that. Uh, so takeout and all that kind of stuff was never really – everyone can order and get takeout delivered to their house um, through uh, delivery services like DoorDash or Skip the Dishes or something like that. So uh, – and uh, places who already did delivery can continue doing it. So th- those things have never actually shut down. Um, other businesses are – if they can provide service – in a way that is safe, they are allowed to reopen right now mm-hmm. uh, with proper social distancing. Um, very, but at the same time, they're rolling this out very, very slowly, and they're going basically on a, an individual case-by-case basis to make sure everything's in the right order. Uh, the parks have reopened, but it's only one-way walking, and you must maintain social distance. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you could get fined. Uh, the, the distancing for home, you're still not allowed to go visit friends here. Okay. Um, uh, that has not been lifted and that is not going to be lifted for a while. Although they did add one caveat. Now you're allowed to have one house and how they've put it is your house can be in a monogamous relationship with another house. (laughs) Okay. That's that's how that's how they put it, hmm. uh, and it's a hilarious way to put it. But yeah, what, uh, what would a non-monogamous house relationship be like? Oh, well, it would be where you go to visit more than one house. Uh, oh. So, so okay. you you, ha- you and the other house have to agree <laughs> that this this is your bubble house, as they call it. <laughs> Uh, and then that's where a whole bunch of people around here have taken it and said, my house is in a monogamous relationship with this house. Uh, so there, that's where that came a, from. Is there a ceremony held? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but the, the government didn't use that terminology. It's just what uh, people took and ran with it mm-hmm. um, is the, way, the best way to describe it. Uh, so you're allowed to have one house that the other occupants to say, yeah, you're the house will will do this with and we can have visiting back and forth. So some people will open up to friends or family and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it would be like uh, uh, someone with the with their uh, parents or something like that. Um, Although although in the case of multi-house families, like you have to kind of (laughs) choose and Mm -hmm. that's the hard thing too. Like, so parents have to choose which kids it's most important to see right now, that kind of thing. In this case, pick your favorite or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) which is a terror, which can cause family drama. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what we've been doing here. Uh, the businesses themselves haven't opened up fully. Um, so we don't – and, and I, I don't think that's going to be any time soon. We even – we had um, no cases here for two weeks, and we had no active cases at all. Everyone recovered. There's no deaths in our province, 118 cases. And 
one person was found uh, infected today announced. And they immediately went, well, we need to keep an eye on this because it means there's asymptomatic people going around. Right. So I expect we might go back to full lockdown and lose the bubble house stuff soon. Okay. All right. But um, that, that's where we're at. Uh, and they laid out a four-phase plan to bring things back. And the fourth phase, when everything's back to normal, is vaccine. Or right. So, like, her, or when herd immunity is achieved through vaccination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're a long way from that. And so they have these three phases. And the third phase is when we, like, we will start to open things like barbershops and all that. And we're barely in phase one. Right. So we're way that's way down the road probably six months down the road kind of thing the way this is going right and then over here in the united states bill so we have that like i mentioned the state's opening you're from maryland i'm in northern new jersey which i think could be um you know argued is you know one of the hotter spots here in the united states meaning northern new jersey Mm -hmm. um we got the news, I think either today or maybe it was even yesterday, that the government is thinking of lowering uh, the or disbanding or lowering. I don't know what the terminology is of right. the COVID task force. What are your yeah, thoughts on that when you heard that? That would be such a stupid thing to do mm-hmm. now because I am sure there are some states – that have not even hit their peak yet. Sure. I think it is too soon to even think about, you know, lowering the task force or breaking up the task force. Um, I, I, I just really think it's too soon. I mean, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, some states, you know, some stuff is partially open. I know here in Maryland, the mayor of Ocean City announced yesterday that they're going to open their beaches and boardwalks on starting Saturday, but it was only going to be to the people that live in Ocean City. Interesting. Okay. And depending on how things go, they may open up to out-of-town residents by the end of the month. Right. Um, but as far, I I just wanted to bring that up, but as far as this task force goes, I think it's too soon to even consider breaking it up. You've still got a long way to go. And if you do, let's say they do break this up and then we get more deaths than we we're thinking of then it's going to look bad on not just you know the the citizens here in the united states but it's going to look bad to everybody no one is going to be immune from this right and my see like i said my thing is i know that it's become i don't know how anyone else can see it this see it anyway but this and i'm gonna i'm curious what your thoughts on this bill is it's become very apparent i mean we kind of figured it beforehand before any of this but this whole covid 19 stuff really has proved it that this country for the most part is definitely a profits over people situation yes yes 
Absolutely. And the th- here's like, okay, so just an update on me. So I'm still sick. So we're on 40 plus days here. And because I just went to the doctor yesterday because I was like, look, it's 40 plus days. What's wrong? Now, to be fair, some of the things he said to me about some of my symptoms, he said, doesn't have to do with the COVID. But there was like one or two things that he did say, yep, that's not surprising. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? So the thing that I have the biggest problem with, and I, I, with reopening, and I mentioned it earlier, I get the small businesses, like, I'm sure the government really isn't helping you out either. I get it. So, but the reason I, I think, Bill, the reason I have the big, and I'm probably focusing more on Bill here, Josiah, than you, just because, you know, me and Bill are in the same country um, in regards to this. Bill, my problem is this, is if you open things up, right, Mm -hmm. then you are essentially forcing people to go to work, even though I get that the small businesses need help Mm -hmm. and, and that they're suffering. It's not like the small business can say, or is going to say, because, again, we're a country of profits over people, which we're finding out. Um, some might, but I don't think, I think most won't. But I think most people, most small businesses will be like, okay, you can't come in now. You got, you just, you'll have to use all your personal and, vacation, uh, and sick days. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a... The, the worker didn't want this. That's why I'm okay. If it's a small business that, like, if you want to open up, that's cool. Yeah. As long as the employees don't face any kind of repercussions. And that includes having them eat up their um, personal and sick days. So I know mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, businesses combine those two. Now, I'm looking um, on, on this map here of the states with the five lowest cases. Okay. Confirmed cases. And four of the five, I would be, okay, go ahead, open. That's not going to be a problem. Who is it? Alaska, Montana, Wyoming, and Hawaii. Okay. Th- those four, I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. The fifth one in this five is Vermont. That's the one that yeah. I question a little bit because it's right next to New York. Yep. And you don't know... If people work in New York and live in Vermont, that's the that's the one that I'm a little worried about because like my my thinking is, and, and I said this to my parents because you know we we have talks like this every few days, you know slow if you're gonna open up slowly do it mm-hmm. start with the states that have the least fewest cases and are in the position to for the most or for somewhat be considered safe. Mm-hmm. Then work your way gradually to, you know, more and more states and eventually get to where everything is back open. It really should not be this soon. I think it should be taking its time. I think at least the four states that I mentioned that are at the bottom of confirmed cases should definitely be open. The other ones, I'm not so sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I said, the... But I know I know that that's not what's going to happen. Meaning what I said before, I know that it's not going to be like. Again, granted, I'm sure that there are people out there that have great bosses, and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, like you know what, you did a lot for me while I'm here. If I'll come in because I'm not that afraid of this, 
and I'll help you out. But I think there are more not great bosses than there are good bosses. Yeah. And I just think a lot of people are going to be forced in with with no choice. I know I'll probably be forced in, which that'll be another issue because I'm finding out that I can't wear a mask for a long period of time. I have trouble breathing after a half hour to an hour. So I don't mm. know how in the world I'm going to wind up doing what would probably be, a, with the commute, a 12-hour day. I have no <laughs> idea how I would pull that off. Um, but, well, you know, we'll get there when we get there, I suppose. Um, yeah. But you know what's weird? Because if you remember, and I, Josiah was on the first episode, that remember how I came on here, I was telling you all about my COVID-19 experiences, and I was mm-hmm. like, I would feel really bad if I went outside and I gave someone this. Well, I think with all this reopening talk, I think I'm pretty much don't feel that anymore. Now yeah. I'm kind of like, fuck it, you're going to force me out? All right, let's go. Come come talk to me. Yeah, this is, uh, at least from an outsider's perspective, this, it seems like a bit of a mess. Like, looking That's at an it. an understatement. <laughs> um, we have, we do have employers like that in Canada. They They do exist. I'm sure. Um, I would actually, I'm actually pretty sure there's probably a lot more than, than there are, aren't, but the government is the ones who are controlling when this happens. Right. And, uh, they recently, uh, introduced a benefit for small businesses where they are covering up to 75% of the business's wages, um, to help offset the costs and loss of not being able to be open right now. Uh, and the thing is too, with the benefit that we have, uh, it's called the, the CERB, the Can- uh, Canada emergency response benefit. And, uh, that was just introduced, uh, two months ago, thereabouts. And, uh, for up to, I think I said it before for up to 16 weeks, they'll be giving you $2,000 if you can't work right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite sure that if this continues on longer, they will find a way to extend it beyond that and so the the people who it's still problems getting it like if, if you're eligible for employment insurance ei here uh, or unemployment as it would be called in the united states right. um you would you don't you don't qualify for it but the politicians are working to loosen that up a bit now and now it's if you make less than a thousand dollars in two weeks you qualify mm-hmm. Or a thousand dollars in a month, or something like that. No, it's a thousand dollars in a month. That's what it is. So it, it's um, they're they're trying. We have some parties put, putting quite a bit of pressure on the government to loosen the restrictions up and just uh, approve a universal basic income for everyone. Uh, so that would be everyone who isn't working, regardless of uh, status. Um, but we're not there yet. I hope we get there because that will that will provide the social net needed so people don't have to go to work if they're sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not have uh, mandatory sick leave uh, here, just like the United States. It's one area where Canada is lagging behind other parts of the world. And uh, there's been a push for that, too, to add mandatory sick leave to every business. Um, which It should I, be noted, not everyone has mandatory sick leave here in the United States. In fact... That's one of the big fights here as well. Is yeah. like everyone should have mandatory sick leave. So no, it's not just. Wait, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say that you're really better or worse for that because there are definitely a lot, probably more people than here that feel like there should be mandatory sick leave for everyone than there isn't. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it would be the same here. Uh, we, 
it's been something that's been fought about in Parliament forever, and it seems like this is probably going to eventually force their hand to pass it, <laughs> uh, which as that, and businesses are not going to like it, but they can deal with it. Like sick leave should be, uh, especially in Canada, where healthcare is a human right in our Charter of Rights right. and freedoms. Uh, like that—that is—that is right in one of our freedoms. Healthcare is a human right, and access to it is a human right. There's no priority-based access uh, on whether or not you can pay, or all those kinds of things, or how much money you have, or if you have insurance. None of that. Uh, you are given. Uh, everyone is given equal access to the same healthcare in Canada by law, mm-hmm. um, which, again, that's why our healthcare system works. Uh, but, like. Like so, like if you get sick, there's no fear about going to the hospital, but there is still fear about whether or not work is going to cover you, and so that's right. one of the things that we're working on. But uh, I mean, so it's not perfect here. Uh, and speaking of places opening up, Quebec has opened up a lot of stuff already, and they had like three thousand cases within three days. So. Yeah, see, that's the thing with ours right now. It's like these states didn't open. It's not like yeah, sometimes pass by. But, again, we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo on Tuesday. I think Wednesday or Thursday is when we're going to start to hear if there are any spikes in these states. Because I think some of them over the weekend open. I know some open Friday. I think some open Saturday and Sunday. And I think one or two open just this past Monday. So, Mm -hmm. like, I, I love the fact that people were, like, on social media on, what was it, Sunday, like, they were like, see, no new cases. Well, of course there wouldn't be, you idiot. The test itself, <laughs> it I know for a le- fact. It can take up to two days. Yeah. Well, mine took a week and a day, so, yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so, I mean, that's that. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely against the protesters. You know, it, uh, my, I keep thinking, I'm like, Okay, can can I hang out with you? Because I've been sick and I should be so, but and I do want to go out. I absolutely do. I mean, Cranton again. I don't miss sports at all. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely gave an eye roll when I saw. I think was it that they are announcing the NFL season? I'm like, oh fuck, oh well. Thursday night. Yeah. I'm like, so so I don't. They're still, jumping still the gun. About, I still don't care about all that. <laughs> See, but I'm okay with that because I'm like, all right, you're hopeful for September. I can, you can always change your mind on that. Yeah, that's now, true. Now, where, I, there is something that like that's happening in the next week or two, meaning the states reopening for the all the entire country. Mm-hmm. And then he so, has the nerve. I'm sorry. Then he has the. I don't know, Bill, if you saw this. I was so angry about this. And then at one point, Trump had posted a tweet about like. Oil prices are looking good. I'm like, yeah, God forbid we actually have affordable oil prices and they stay low for all the millions <laughs> right. of people that all the millions of people I, that are out of work. Come on. Well, I saw Trump earlier. Uh, um, what do you say? He was, doing, he, he was in Arizona at a mask factory praising, you know, the people who make the masks, which they do deserve. Of you course. Know, Anyone that's manufacturing more people should be manufacturing things. I still can't yeah. believe he hasn't called that. What is it? There's a thing, Bill. What is the name of it? I know you've probably heard it. The the act that that like forces big businesses 
to produce oh, stuff that he refused uh, to call. It, it's it's one of the wartime acts. Yes. Yeah. I, know. yeah. I don't know why he never did that. I have no so, yeah. idea. So, like, what they did, because at first I was like, oh, they're going to have a press conference. So they can, okay, it's, you know, your typical Trump press conference. Instead, he's at this warehouse or factory in Arizona, and there are a few people there. And they show the crowd, like, they're distanced apart, you know, the six feet of her chair. And, like, he mentions all these different people, and they come up one at a time. I, th- I think there was one that went, like, two at the same time. And they're like, we thank you, Mr. Trump, for supporting us during this time. And, and at one point, there was this one guy who was a Latino, and I, I apologize to our Latino listeners oh for what I'm about to say. These were... This person's words, not my words. <laughs> he said, I think the Latinos will all vote for you. No, all the Latinos will vote for you, Trump, in November. Oh, I'm like, oh, thanks for speaking for the Latino community. I honestly don't know how anyone who knows someone that had COVID or if they had COVID themselves would be voting for Trump at all this coming November. It's I, I, I don't I, I, a disaster. I, it's it's it, that's putting it lightly, um, but anyway, uh, we were talking about that we had talked about the task force, but oh, real quick, yeah. Jim, I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up because you did mention sports in Korea today. Uh, their baseball league started their season. Oh, okay. And now I I didn't. I wonder how many people are betting on that this uh, today. <laughs> This one guy I know, um, I think at one point he betted on, like, Little League in China or something like that. I was like, that's, <laughs> oh that's, the, guy, that's the guy that's going to be betting on the Korean uh, Korea uh, baseball. Man, that's worse than betting on the virtual Kentucky Derby that aired this weekend. We you know you have a problem, man. A virtual Kentucky Derby? Yeah, yeah, I, what, what I they, heard of it, but I didn't know exactly what was going on because I didn't what, care enough to research. All right. What they did, I, it, it's real brief. They took the 13 horses who have won the Triple Crown, which is the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. And they used, like, algorithms and all that stuff, and they did this virtual race. It was for charity. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, and and, and okay. I, and that's a, that's a little bit better. Yeah, and somebody asked me, you know, well, how are the graphics? I gotta say, they were really good. Like they were almost video game like graphics. I think the video is up to watch on YouTube if anyone is interested. Yeah. Um, but to the Korea thing, real quick. Sure. Their season started today. They have no fans in attendance. They do have cutout, you know, cutouts of fans, which is pretty funny to see. But. <laughs> But they have one big rule, which I think all the sports leagues here in North America should take into consideration. If one player tests positive, and it only has to be one, they're going to close the league for three weeks. They're going to suspend all games for three weeks. Hmm. Here's my problem. I guess this is me looking at the worst of people, of things. What if, like... There's a sports team that's – how do I say this? That's really good – no, that's not the way to say it either. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like some somehow in sports you can use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. And like if you if it didn't look like you were gonna win because maybe three or four of your players are out, that you actively go find someone that is tested positive so then you don't have to play the game later on. Oh. And don't tell me you don't think that that can't happen because I mean didn't we have a thing recently with the Astros or something like that? Yeah, that whole cheating. I don't know yeah, anything that, about it, but I know that they people say that they cheated. Um, that 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 could be a special on its own, Jim. <laughs> that new episode of Dark Side of the Ring, except all sports. Yes, that's gonna that's gonna and it's gonna uh, actually Dark Side of the Ring. That's right, that's on tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah, cool. Wait, I'm Herb, actually looking Herb, at that one. Yes. I don't even know oh, who that is. No one here that is. You will find out. <laughs> oh my god! And I watched the trailer and I was like, "Oh, this sounds really interesting." As, you know what the trailer reminded me of? It's like, kind of reminds me of Firefest, the fire, the, the music festival. Yeah, I okay. still haven't seen that. Because yet. because when he's the one in the trailer, one of the guys says he bought something and he didn't even have it. I was like, "Oh, that's like the fire festival." The, they said they bought those condos. The, and they didn't really the have Global it. Wrestling Federation. Global Wrestling Federation, yeah. Um, do you know Nigerian scammers were around before everyone had the internet? <laughs> fake, fake, fake Nigerian princes, prince scammers. Um, let's just say that that's heavily involved in this story. Oh with, my God! With this wrestling is Federation. <laughs> it's it's honestly hilarious. Um, I think that's I think that's what it is with Herb Abrams. Let me look him up first. I honestly I, I did see his end. Like I kind of read down. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna read anything else because I want to know what the story is. Like the, there is how I fled there. I, I'm I, sorry, I, Universal Wrestling Federation. Sorry. I uh, watched. This was about two or three years ago. Um, on my Roku, they had like a compilation of matches. Not saying what the promotion was. It ended up being UWF. And one of the matches they had was Cactus Jack and Jimmy Snuka. Okay, that sounds good. This could be a fun match. So they get towards the end of the match, and there's a guy on commentary. I don't know who it was. I'll never remember his name. I have the clip on my phone. And all these people are fighting around him. And he's like, this kind of thing is not American. I'm like, what the hell? Okay. What? I may have conflated her Abrams with someone else, although I do know his story as well. I only know uh, the end, which is fine, because I'm like, I'll just check out the rest of them, uh, the rest of the episode when it comes out. And then and I heard, like, they had the David Schultz one. Apparently that was the highest, second highest rated second one. Second like, highest. I was absolutely oh, shocked. I was God. like, I John wasn't Stop. even interested in this when I saw it. John Stossel comes off as a dick. So, uh, yeah, the one I'm thinking of is the Global Wrestling Federation, which is a different company. And uh, that one was uh, the owner was the victim of a Nigerian prince mail scam where they thought they had financial backing for their company and they did not. Um, maybe at some point do you think what we're going through right now might be a future dark side of the ring because now WWE and AEW are returning live. Yes. And for yes. WWE... Oh, yeah. Does it make a difference? Because at this point, Raw has already happened. Uh, obviously, Dynamite will happen tomorrow, and mm-hmm. SmackDown will be, as always, Friday. So, did either of you watch Raw? Obviously, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I watched 
up until about 10.30. Now, do you feel that it was different than what you've previously watched, maybe for like the last three weeks? Um, well, I would say where they focused on the first hour, I thought it was different. After that, it was just the same stuff. Okay. Because the first hour was they did a gauntlet because in storyline Apollo Crews who was going to be in the match had to be pulled out because of a knee injury so they did this last chance gauntlet match and the announcers are like oh well we don't know how many people are going to be in this match uh we don't know how long it's going to be so it's like okay well we know it's going to take up this first hour so it's like bobby lashley starts it off he beats about three guys then he gets disqualified for touching a referee and i think i saw him touch him like once and the ref was like screw you you're disqualified (laughs) okay didn't say those words but you know that's um and then humberto carrillo had like a few more men before aj styles came out Actually, this was Styles' return from being buried alive, from, from, from being saw, murdered by The Undertaker. And, and yeah. we saw how big of a ratings push that gave the show. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, it no, just felt like the same. same normal Raw. And once Charlotte came on, I was like, "Oh, do I have to? You know, do I have to go?" I don't any even longer? know why she's I was there. tired. Well, she's still. Technically, she's still on the Raw roster, but she's the NXT Women's Champion, and I don't know. I mean, even even back in the day, I mean, they made, who was it, Lashley Mm -hmm. drop the belt, the ECW title to move to Raw, I think it was, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, So, okay, so no no real difference. No real difference. I think the Raw that's going to come up Monday... I, that one, well, the one last night was taped. That it was. was taped. Oh, it wasn't live. Okay, I thought it was. Yeah, live. Yes. they're not live every week. They're they're yeah. uh, they're live one week and then they tape another show for the next. Yeah. Oh, so this. Yeah, yeah. So SmackDown is taped this week, but next week they're going to be live. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they announced Sonya versus Mandy. I saw that. Um, which is fine because I actually def- this is a time that I defended WWE again. Is uh. I saw people complaining about, why are you doing this now? You have money in the bank on Sunday. And I was like, I think I told one of them, I was like, first off, I don't think I can, I don't think anyone's going to look at this and say, oh, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville at Money in the Bank, better fork over my $10 now. Hmm. That doesn't have the network already. I'm my, my, and then I'm you, like, you, you might as well get the most out of it. But but then I'm like, but what I can say, oh, there's nothing to do Friday night because it's Friday and we're still in a pandemic. And I've kind of been interested in this feud. Uh, maybe I'll check out SmackDown. I think that's more reasonable than the first thing that I said. Hey, yeah. do, you guys, do you guys want to know real quick where their key drops were in demographic? Yes. Thanks for Raw Monday night. Okay, they had a 15% drop in viewers over 50. And a 14, well, actually, they had a 14% increase in teenage girls. Wow, okay. So, apparently, teenage girls are in the raw. What was the main event? That, 
Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Murphy. Well, it must be that sexy Drew McIntyre. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's got the accent, you know. So do you think the fans will come back? Because, I mean, you're saying it's live next week, and to my knowledge that you can have, what, one-third of people or one-fourth of people in wherever Yeah, you're... I think it's like 25%. So what it has shown uh, historically with WWE, their tape shows actually do better than their live ones, usually. So this is an unusual thing. Um, I, tape versus live when it comes to wrestling makes virtually no difference. Uh, I What I think it comes down to is that people just aren't that interested in watching empty arena wrestling right now. I think at least in, people are interested in wrestling in general because if you look at other things, other things aren't really down. I was looking at some numbers, yeah. like of the, or at least American shows. I don't know how Canada... If they measure the same way, but like for American shows, I know that Idol was still doing pretty good, American Idol, which surprised me because um, they're also <clears> something <throat> that I'm that people are used to having a crowd watch. Um, Mass Singer, <laughs> I think, is still up. Yeah, um, that's still. But that doesn't surprise oh, me because that's that's so a, they're good. I also wasn't surprised because I still think that's a fake crowd anyway. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. I mean, come on, you're gonna tell me nobody. Spend spoilers on who any of those people are underneath those? Come on. I guarantee I they all probably got hired and were told to sign this waiver to say you don't say anything. Uh, anyway, um, I'm trying to think. There was like two other ones that I was thinking of that I was like, nope, votes haven't changed. So to me, it's not that people... I just think people aren't interested in wrestling because it's there. It's easily accessible. Here's the interesting thing about that. Um when you're looking at Raw's numbers and SmackDown's in particular, uh, they have declined steadily since they started doing the empty arena shows. Mm -hmm. And every week they have gotten a little bit lower. Um, and the demo has gotten lower, which is alarming for them because that's the actual rating. Uh, t total viewership is different from the rating. The rating is based off uh, a percentage of the 18 to 49 uh, years old viewers. And that's the key demo. And so when we say rating, that's where it is, and that's how it's measured. That's where they're positioned, like if they come in fourth for the night, like Raw did this time. Uh, it's because of that 18 to 49 demo. And the total viewership really doesn't matter as much as the demo. That, that is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. But the demo is going down for Raw. And they used to be number one every week right. in that demo, it, averaging a 0.9 to a, a 1.0 kind of thing. And this one was 0.48. Mm. That's be fa not good. <laughs> and to be fair, though, kind of going back to my point is you don't exactly see a shoot in numbers for NXT and AEW either. Meaning, but here's the meaning, it's, meaning, again, it goes to my point that I don't think people want wrestling. Because so the otherwise they would be shot up both shows to a ridiculous mm -hmm. amount. Now, it is interesting, though, because uh, I, I keep track of those, the rating and the total viewership every week. Uh, AEW has largely, they've decreased a little bit in the demo, right? but they have largely maintained their demo. Mm -hmm. But in a country um, that's being social distancing and told to stay at home, I think both of those shows, if people truly really wanted wrestling, they would be, there would be a huge You think search. it would be better? Absolutely. Yes. No, but I, don't, it is I don't think it's worse, though. I mean, yeah, like you said, I saw it's been going up and down. 
Now, NXT has declined a uh, Well, actually, you know what? NXT's been pretty much about the same in their demo as well uh, since uh, since March. Um, the highest last high highest demo rating they had was a point two three, and that was the first week of March, and that was the two cage matches show. Um, then AEW has maintained their demo around point three to point three five, or uh, and um, they they're usually in that range, but occasionally they'll drop down to point two five or something like that. And every rating for the month of uh, March or um, April, sorry. Uh, has been 0. 0.25, 0. 0.26, 0. 0.25, 0. 0.25, 0. 0.27. And uh, they, then NXT was 0. 0.15, 0. 0.19, 0. 0.17, 0. 0.18, 0. 0.16. So they're, they're all kind of in that same range, although NXT seems to be hurt a little bit more by people not watching. Um, even though they got a, to- a total viewership win in there, uh, a- um, NXT did, that is, uh, they did get higher total viewership. They were still slaughtered in the demo, which which means they lost the rating. Uh, they they had more total viewers, but they did not win the rating. Um, so it's interesting seeing though that AEW hasn't really lost its demo audience. It has lost a little bit of its overall audience. They've dropped probably about twenty thousand viewers or two hundred thousand viewers, but uh, not. Uh, last week they did almost 700,000, and the week before that they did 731, which is right in their normal range. So it's interesting just looking at k- kind of that normal range between 700 to 900,000, and AEW seems to be maintaining that, right. which I find that very interesting considering, um, like, if if the the AEW audience didn't care that much about wrestling, we would see that go down. Um. Right. But the average pub, the pub, the they're not catching on obviously with the casual fans because we're not seeing that increase because people are at home, and uh, it's it's one of those things when you look at it, it's it's just an interesting trend. Like at NXT, even they've maintained most of their demo. It is lower than AEW's, but they've pretty much stayed around that point one six range. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking at that, it's like. Okay, it's obvious NXT and AEW have a more hardcore fan base that are not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is the basement for WWE viewership. Right. Which is why I'm going to bring it back to Raw and SmackDown. Those numbers are could keep going down. And I think what is happening is they're losing there's more casual fans than we thought and they're losing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because who, really, who cares about wrestling during the stuff that's going on? Right. Like, it's not, it's really not that important, um, as much as I love it. Um, and the other thing it, is, though, and to be fair, and I'm going to go back to this, an argument I always make, though, is that the WWE has established to all of its audience that um, the only thing that matters really at the end of the day are the part-timers. And now there are none. So, mm-hmm. okay, I can I not watch now. Fine. That's, so, that's a huge part of when, it. Yeah. Give me a call when uh, fucking Goldberg's on. And, and here's the part of the problem, too, is it, it's not very hard to get out of the habit of watching. Yes. And I think a lot of those yeah. those that, that two, those two million viewers, two and a half million viewers, whatever Raw did normally, um, uh, probably about 2.1, 2.2 million. Uh, it's been that way for a while, and it, 
seemed to be a trend that these are people who watch out of habit. Right. These are people who they watch on Monday night because that's the night to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And and they've already chased off, and people are going to hate hearing this, but they've chased off millions of fans already. Yeah. Uh, like it, that that is factual, and it's not because of cutting the cord. It's yeah, the, get over that. Like that's like that's a terrible. They, Excuse me. Raw, Raw in 2012 before it went three hours was over drawing over five million viewers. Mm. That was considered a low rating for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna also back you up with your what you said about um, you know wrestling being a, a habitual thing, but then it's very easy to break that habit. So yes, excuse me. <clears throat> As you know, well we're 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 in. What is this? Probably like week four or five. I mean, now it's all been over over 40 days of me being sick, so that's around the same time everything shut down here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got, you know, when I was first getting sick, I watched that first SmackDown, and I was like, you, with, you know, with no audience, and I told you guys, I've said this before. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I felt it was watchable. For whatever reason, some reason like for some reason I still can't really point out why. And I watched every SmackDown that had no audience until oh. the I, the the Strokefest Triple H 25th anniversary. <laughs> I was like, I am not doing this. I am not going to. I this is going to be my vote of of I do not give a vote for his egoism. And I so I didn't watch it. Now that being said, that was not this past SmackDown. That was the SmackDown before. This past SmackDown, I was like, "Oh, SmackDown's coming on. I'm gonna DVR it because I'm in the middle of something. I think I was like playing a game, and I was like, I'll just, you know, catch up with it when it's, you know, when it comes to being live TV. You know, like a half hour, 45 minutes in, and I'll skip through the commercials, right? So I go." Mm-hmm. I go and I'm like, all right, let me start this at like 8:45. Well, I find out for some reason my DVR didn't record, oh. which I don't oh. know why. I really don't know why. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll since I'm here, I'll just I'll sit here and watch this. And then I was like, okay, let me try to fix the DVR and see what's happening here with the DVR. Did a few things, and I was like, all right, cool. Looks like it's fixed. And I hit the record button again. The red light is on, saying that it's recording. I'm like, ah, let me go back to my game for a bit. I'll come back in about 15, 20 minutes, and then do the same thing. Did that, <clears throat> went back in there. For whatever reason, it actually didn't record. So at that point, we're at 9:30, and I watched from 9:30 to 10 o'clock with no real ambition to go back on, like, a um, on-demand or anything like that to watch the episode. And probably won't. So in in just a few steps, that habit was broken. And that's, yep. I think, to your point. Yes, and that's what we're and that's what's going to worry me, because when they start bringing audiences back in, which will happen eventually, and they just go back on the road, and all, all those things will happen eventually, maybe not for a while, but... And we're, we could be talking longer than six months oh yeah well that's the great um, question about when you say bring it back on the road because at this point i don't know if 
they're going to do house shows. Because especially if you can only run it, like, even if they go up to 50% capacity, that they, they will not be, be doing losing money from that. Experience. They have to be. Well, they are. They already are. They, like they, even when they were running normal house shows, they were. Uh, they've lost money on live events now mm. for the last two years. That was and, and and they started to scale them back even before the pandemic came. Uh, I, think they ran, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, um, there's it's a mixed the benefit, bag. The benefit is that it's easier on the wrestlers' bodies. The drawback is that green workers are going to stay green a lot longer. Um, although, to be fair, WWE system isn't really tailored to see people get better in the ring anyways. Right. Some do. Um, but you take a look at some of the wrestlers there, they are not better. Um, but, I mean, a, a prime example of someone who did get better in that system is Sonya Deville. She's she's quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she's she's went on the road, she she did the ring time and she has turned into a pretty solid worker. Um, not, she's not Oscar or Kyrie Sane, but she's good. Um, and I, but yeah, breaking that habit, uh, going like, I, I don't, Vince even talked about it in the investors call where he basically said, we're probably not going to be going back to live events the same way. Um, which means a reduction of house shows at least. Uh, and that doesn't that doesn't surprise me because it's been losing money for them. So why do them? Exactly. Um, and if TV is where you're making most of your money, then do TV. Although well, TV is Saudi don't... Arabia. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, going back to Saudi Arabia for a while too. That, that they probably, I think they I think they'll fight that. I 100 percent think they'll fight that. They, they they may try to find a way. I think Saudi Arabia will welcome um, them in with open arms. Probably, but and WWE will just go there. It's done. Uh, we'll see. If the, we'll see if the government lets them go. But yeah. well, actually, no. Of course, he's Trump will let him go. Trump, what so. are you talking? About? Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. The best friends. I, I will say this. Um, at least Vince. Vince is very much so in the same vein as Trump in terms of being like a ruthless businessman with no morals. But Vince is at least smarter than him. <laughs> That's true. If he's, Vince is not a stupid human being. He's a horrible booker, but he's not a stupid human being. Um, By the way, I just thought of something. So does that mean that the great Vince McMahon didn't really have anything to do with our reopening? Because fucking no. almost half the country's almost reopened now. No, the, the great Vince McMahon had nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, and in fact, probably contributed to economic problems by firing a whole bunch of his roster. Uh, <laughs> but yes... Um, with that, I th- I'm not sure some of those people. Some of those people might come back when this is over, uh, and things are back to normal. But y- usually, what happens, and it's the same thing that happened with the fans who used to watch WCW. Vince expected, oh, well, we're going to get at least a two or right. three million viewer yeah. boosts. We bought out WCW. The fans are going to come watch us now, or or it's the same audience, anyways. Although Vince somehow thought nobody knew who Sting was. Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> Which, like, what? <laughs> ah, we got the singer. Ah, it's, it's the same thing with... Work. It's the same thing with Dusty and Flair. He was surprised people knew who they were. Oh, my God. Whatever the case <laughs> is, like, I do want to... There is crossover. I, I do want to mention, though, you know, I know we're talking a lot about WWE here, and I'm returning live, 
But AEW also going live. Do you see them? Because um, I will admit this, even though like I say to me, WWE is more watchable without an audience. I, I still can't put my finger on it. I can just, be, and I know this, and I think I told Bill this off the air. What I tried to do, or maybe I said it on the air. Bill, you can you can tell me if I did or not. That okay. I watched like the last Raw before the virus mm-hmm. to try to figure out like. Yeah, you did. I did. Did I mention on the air? Or did I just tell you though? You might have said it on the air, but if you didn't, go ahead and say uh, it again. Let me do it real quick. And so I watched, and it was like, it was an episode before Austin came back. So that would be March 16th. Like of Austin March. came back, so a week mm-hmm. before that. That would have been like the, the, ninth? Ni- the ninth. Yeah. yeah. So March 9th, and I remember Becky Lynch was the star of the show. Start of the show. And then I think some match happened. Bottom line is, I couldn't get past like, probably about 20, 25 minutes of it. Yet, here I am, up until about two weeks ago, watching every SmackDown from start to finish. Like I said, there's something there for me that I'm like, no audience? Great. Audience? Fuck it. It helps that SmackDown's shorter. It does, because with no audience, I don't think I could still do Raw. That is too long. Mm-hmm. Um, Three hours is a long show. But you know what, Josiah? But even SmackDown, it's not like they changed channels. I had access every Friday night, and I still wasn't watching. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I guarantee you when the audience is, even a, even a little bit of audience comes back, I'm going to figure out why. That's my prediction. But anyway, going and, to AEW on the other hand, I do, think, I do think the audience adds to the show absolutely. And I miss the audience there. It's one of the things that I do like that they're doing, though, is that they have some of the other wrestlers working the show ringside, making noise, mm-hmm. and cheering cheering the baby faces and booing the heels and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And betting. And, and betting, because MJF, who is, had his horrible hangnail injury that yes. that he's barely recovered from. And, 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 and then he has, like, a little scratch on his neck from shaving yep. this week. Yep. He's yep. a whirlpool problem. I know. It's a, just a devastating injury. Uh, I, I know. I, I got I got a hangnail today after I unboxed my work from home stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've just been devastating. Sick. I, I, I haven't been, been able to do anything all day. Hey, I've been sick for over forty days. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I can even laugh anymore. No, seriously, uh, there are sometimes I get depressed about it. But what am I gonna do? There's nothing I can do I, I, until. I can regularly go to a doctor for regular checkups on this thing. I just got to do what they yeah. do what they tell me to do and say, God, I hope this one works because the latest thing was that, oh, your heart beats a little quicker now. I'm like, oh, that's new. Great. Fun. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. And, and well, the mm-hmm. thing is, too, the virus is probably out of your system, but what it did to your lungs is going to take a little while to recover from. That's what they're saying because they say primarily the cough yeah. is 100% yep. – a lingering thing from COVID. The other stuff is more of a stomach thing, so that's like, mm-hmm. no, not that. That doesn't have anything to do with COVID, but it might have done something to like your system that it is in turn affecting. But it's COVID's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what basically right. telling me that doesn't make and me feel. I mean, it makes me feel good that it's not there, but it doesn't make me feel good that we're not really sure what it is. Yeah, and and that's kind of the hard thing too with the recovery. It takes time, and no and, one talks about it. That's the other hard thing. If yeah, you like, all the news stations and everything they all talk about the tests and you know how to social distance. I'd love for you to find me like 
an hour's worth of footage where all they're talking about is what you're supposed to do in recovery. Yeah. It, it's interesting because, again, our, co- our coverage here has talked about those kinds of things a little bit. And it was – they even talked about clearly how, yes, it's not deadly for that many people. But for those who get it, some of them are – some of them it damages their lungs permanently. Like – and that's a risk for the people who had to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's like the more severe stuff, but that is more common that you're going to have breathing problems for a little while afterwards because you, your lungs have to heal and they don't talk about that a lot. I find, uh, they, but I, like I, I've heard it here in our media. Um, and it was just like, you know what, if you get it, it chances are, it probably isn't going to kill you, but it's going to suck. It's like and then they're very honest about it, and they're like the re- and the recovery is going to be hard. Um, you might need puffers for a while. You might like those kinds of things, and right. uh, and for an extreme circumstances, some people their breathing never recovers the same way. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we're gonna have to see what happens with me. Luckily, I I don't need a puffer, so that's a good sign. Oh, you're you you will more likely be fine then. Yeah. Uh, because that, that doesn't sound like it, because this is usually for people I who thought had to be- I thought I did at one point. In fact, I was prescribed a puffer because of, I mean, this was like in the first, you know, week or two that I was getting. I was like, come on, guys, you got to help me out here. You got to do something. So they prescribed me a puffer. And I used it once to make sure it was working and luckily never had to use it again. It's still over there. I'm looking at it That's, right now. That's actually really good yeah. um, because, because usually it's the people with that um based on again the information that i've learned from reading about it and hearing it from our media is uh that the people who are hospitalized because of it those are the ones who are at most risk for long-term damage right, okay. uh, uh, so if, if mean, you weren't hospitalized you're well, probably fine <laughs> yeah it's just a matter of taking forever to get out of me for some reason yeah but to, uh, well, be honest you, i think i do think that there is something else outside of covid that's going on here but the problem is, is because these doctors aren't going to, for the most part, like these doctors are only doing virtual doctor now. So it's very yeah. hard to actually, it's not, this is something that I can't really diagnose by like virtual doctor at this point. That's why I went the, yeah. yesterday. I was like, I just need to see someone. I, if you need to do a chest x-ray, do it because that's what I had last time I was here. And if you want to compare to see if I'm better than compared to now, they didn't do it, so I assume they saw enough that they didn't feel a need to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's just annoying. And, and I think the other part of it is my, my new fear now that, like, New York is going to open up. And yeah. I'll be forced to go back to work, like, almost yeah. immediately because I do think that I have a boss that would 100% do that. Um, be, and, and the mask thing is bothering me because I am finding out that I can't really breathe that long if I'm under it too long. Um, I don't know if that's, Oh, I think it's cause of my nose, but anyway, we're getting off the track track here. I'm um, <laughs> sorry. Um, do you think fans will come back for AEW? Uh, I'm going to well, say, can be argued based on what you said, Josiah, that the fans never really left AEW in terms of ratings. Yeah. Yeah. They, they <laughs> like a slight decline. Uh, like Raw went from drawing a 1.0 to a 0.48, AEW went from drawing a 0.3 to a 0.25. That's not so, that bad. No, it's it's not a huge decline at all. And and 
I mean, their average is probably around 0.32 for AEW. Actually, you know what? I can pull up the exact average right now. Well, why don't you pull that one up? Second. And, then, and then, Bill, why don't you tell me, like, do you think that fans returning to AEW, is it a difference maker? And actually, I don't really think you chimed in that much on WWE fans coming back. Um, well, let, I'll start with AEW because they're going to get the first shot tomorrow night. Right. I think it's going to help AEW more than it will for WWE because with AEW and, and yeah, they did have, you know, wrestlers be the audience, which really, you know, was sort of a cool thing. Cause the only time you really would see that is if you go to an indie show and, you know, it's like maybe 50 people there and, you know, the wrestlers could like sneak out from backstage to watch with AEW. I think it is going to help more just because of what they produce, which is to me, I think more wrestling than entertainment, which is where WWE is where they, they produce more entertainment than they do wrestling with wwe it's gonna honestly i think and and i'm surprised this hasn't been brought up i think it's going to depend on what happens sunday with the money in the bank pay-per-view we should because if that actually yes because if that show is a good show come monday night they'll be able to get the 25% of the building filled, which I think is like 50 to 75 people I read is the number. in the perf- But that would be in the performance center. Right, and from what I understand... It by, is, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, if it's not a good show, and especially the Money in the Bank ladder match, where it's going to be the real-life adult version of Double Dare, then, you know, it's going to be a catastrophe. So... I really think it's gonna for WWE. It's gonna depend on how AEW's numbers are as far as attendance, and how the Money in the Bank pay per view does. You know what's a great question that I just thought of right now, right. and this goes for both WWE and AEW. Now we know that they can only work at whatever it's gonna want to be one fourth or or and mm. then obviously eventually it's gonna be a while before they work the state works all the way up until. Yeah, you can fill your entire arena. Do mm-hmm. you think that there will... I, I mean, I think the answer is an obvious yes, but let me ask you. Do you think that ticket prices will be gouged up because of this? To make up for lost seats? Do you think... Or do you mean like they're going to be more expensive or Correct. less expensive? More expensive. Ooh. They won't sell if they're more expensive. Well, that's why yeah. that was going to be my next point. It's like, if it is more expensive... Who's going to buy Forget it? it. With, with, with everything that's going on, that would be a horrible idea. But you know what? Because, I feel like there are some idiots <clears throat> that would do it, and I feel like they would capitalize on them. I think Maybe. WWE would. AEW, I don't think so. You're right, because AEW is more is like a- for the fans. They're little things like we're for the fans and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and they have always been more affordable and kind of prided themselves on that. Like the, uh, even for their pay-per-views, they they were like, we're not going to charge you a thousand dollars for a ringside seat. We're going to charge you two hundred fifty. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, th- and for a ringside seat, that's relatively affordable. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, um, plus, I plus in AEW's case doesn't if they're going to um the Jacksonville location, which I think we're 
all assuming that's, that's where, where they're, they're going. Yeah. Do, doesn't yeah, the Khan family owned it, so it's not like they need to pay a building. I would, I would think so. Maybe a little in case someone, you know, wanted the date to be wanted the location for something, but for the most part, not really, right? Yeah. I, ma- I imagine the booking fee for the building is much lower for them. Exactly. Um, so uh, the average, looking at the average rating, uh, AEW's average rating is a 0.29. So they've lost 0.4. Okay. That's not bad. No. So, or a 0. 0.04, sorry. 0. 0.04. Uh, so even less. So yeah, it, it's not bad at all. Uh, their average viewers are 770,000. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. So really, AEW is in a position where they have not ran off much of their audience. Uh, NXT right. is a 0. 0.19 and uh, 662,000. And their NXT has largely maintained their audience as well, although they had a few weeks where they dropped into the 500,000s, which is quite low for them. Um, but really, both shows, both of those shows are kind of maintaining their audience uh, in, in terms of the average rating. The average viewership is a little bit down. And, and I think with NXT, why they've stayed somewhat plateau is because of what their product is. They've never, you know, it basically it's, Oh, Vince can't touch this. Cause Hunter is doing it for the most. Part. And they have good talent, good matches, you know, like last week or this week, this week coming up, they got two championship matches this week. Uh, Charlotte against Io Shirai and Adam Cole against Velveteen dream. Those are two big matches there and with AEW the same there because they've got matt hardy making his AEW in-ring debut so both mm. shows this week are going to be very important to watch Phil, what happened to my, what happened to my velveteen dream is over party uh <laughs> quite happened yet uh, hasn't happened yet hasn't happened it yet. will it will um, um and you by, yeah, way, you're, by the way you're, by the way you're both involved. especially if those rumors are true i think they are they might be. I, I've heard the audio clip. It is. I don't yeah. know. I just look at him and I'm like, it certainly, yeah, so- it def- certainly sounds like a. Sorry, just like that. It's uh, let's just. I hope it's not true, but it sounded like him. So I, I don't know. I just look at him and I'm it's like, bad. Yeah, yeah. He definitely did this. Um. What was? Oh, Billy, you want to bring something about uh, honor? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, they recently announced that they have canceled shows through June. Yes. And June was going to be their next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And now the article is not working for me. No, there we go. So, uh, Joe Koff was interviewed and he stated that the talent isn't too anxious to hold shows with 25% capacity either um he so okay i'll give the exact quote please i'm not sure that route is the right route referring to going to doing shows i don't know that it's the wrong route it's just the route that's being done right now i have to think about what is the ultimate product you are delivering and what is the experience to a viewer or a fan there i believe we will be producing content I think we will be producing ring content, but it just may not look like what it used to with the sense of crowd. 
there's not going to be any crowds for a while. I mean, is a 25% capacity crowd better than an arena with zero? I guess. I still think it's going to look strange. You're really going to need top technology, which is available. Anything could be made to look and sound better. I have been in touch with my talents, and they aren't anxious to do that. I'm hoping that sometime in June, maybe the beginning of July, we will see some type of movement with that. And then they also brought up, you know, are they... You know, are they going to release talent? And he said, no, they're not. It's just going to depend on, you know, when their, their contracts run up. So no one is getting fired from Ring of Honor during this time. Right. It's they, just they, they may let the contracts run up, though. Yeah. Right. But and they're I, still going to get paid. And, I also, I, and let's also bring up, because I know people freaking hate, it feels like people freaking hate giving this, cre- this company credit these days, is that's happening with Impact as well. Impact yep. is still paying their talent, even though nothing's happening. Um, I don't know if uh, promotions that also have contracted wrestlers like MLW is. I have no idea. Um, MLW contracts are a lot lower than other companies. Okay. So I don't know if they're actually paying. Um, I know they might sign you for $20,000 a year, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and you know, so you're making 300 bucks a, a pop for an appearance or something like that. Right. Okay. But I, I'm not. But uh, they might be paying them. Um, although Corp Bauer has said they are not going to run any shows at all until this is over. Yeah. Well, uh, they re- him, although I don't know again it, how that does with they, people's wallets. <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Uh, but they are rescheduling stuff for 2021. Like they they announced the pay per view they were going to have in a few weeks called Intimidation Games. Uh, they completely rescheduled it for next year. I'm so, already scared of that event. Because uh, <laughs> it's intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> a real dad joke. Uh, okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that was, that was a good one, though. That was a good one. I, yeah. I like that. I mean, I um, had to give it to you I, guys to explain, so how good really was it? Uh, I, hey, I, I like I, I like dad jokes. I'll give you some they're, more They're later my thing. On. I'll so. give you some more later on, don't worry. Excellent. Wink, wink. I appreciate um, it. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, I I find the companies like that, uh, and even AEW have promised they're not, not going to stop anyone's push for not being able to go to the shows. Uh, they're and going not, to pay and everyone. And Nyla Rose's proof of that, by the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there 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 have been videos for Nyla every single week, I think, and uh, that, and she other talent. They... The title in over like thirty days, probably maybe even sixty days at this That's point. That's true. And I. I feel like if it was if it was WWE, they would be like, "We're stripping you of the title, okay. or we're making an interim champion," which I always fucking hate. Which is it's what they did with the cruiserweight title. Did they? I, I don't even know who the cruiserweight yeah, champion yeah. was. To be honest, uh, it's Jordan Devlin, and he's stuck in Ireland. Oh wow! Okay. You yep. know what, Jordan? Yeah. Stay there because we're a fucking wreck here in the states. So stay there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. He li- he lives in the UK anyways. He's a part of the NXT UK brand, so I'm not sure how he ended up as cruiserweight champion, but uh, <laughs> they do that. Um, hey, uh, I thing, yeah, please, sorry. They they had to pause the Walter Adam Cold feud, which was heel versus heel, so I don't know how they were going to pull that off. But anyways, and the same with Walter and Finn Balor. Yeah, it's going to be huge. That that's that. Oh. It's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. 
uh, they're going to beat the crap out of each other, and it's going to be delightful. But uh, the thing is, though, I, I have really have stopped watching WWE since they laid off all that talent. Like, I, I canceled my network. Like, like that was your like, line. That's your line <laughs> in the sand. You were like, that, fuck that, that. You could have afforded that, that was all of this. Like, there's yeah. no reason. And well, and then this is where we'll get back to that in a second with the, the because the investors call happens so we know how much money they're going to make uh, oh. and then how much they save we, we, we know how much they saved and how much they made okay. and uh, we know what their network number is uh, ish um, we can do the math to find out how many are paying and how many are free I mean, and all that kind of yeah, stuff there's still there's the network is still a failure that's I've said that yes. day one because I mean come on they you, you, you basically have right now and it took them when did the network launch, Bill? 2014, 2013? Yeah, 2014. 2014. It took them six years to get their current audience. Yeah. And, Disney and, Plus and well, they overestimated as well. Disney Plus is over yeah, like 50 the, million. Yeah. Well, it turns out Disney's popular. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a part actually a part of the fabric of Americana. Yes. <laughs> Unlike WWE, <laughs> who said that? Who said that when they got declared essential? Um, but really, the the thing that's going on there with all of that. Uh, sorry, you might. I heard it. Hear my roommate's cat yelling yes. in the background. <laughs> I think your roommate's cat was agreeing with us about Disney. That's yeah. right. That's right. He was. He's a big uh, fan of and, <laughs> uh so uh really wwe where where they're going uh compared to like what all these other companies are doing um it is abundantly clear that wwe is in the wrong here mm-hmm. and now i can tell you how much they projected earnings for the rest of the year is 280 million dollars in revenue the most the company has ever made if they do, if it, right now they are on track to have their most profitable year ever. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! Really? Wait, well, listen, yeah. Here's, here's the, here's the With thing. With no audiences. Here's the thing. Because like, it reduced the cost of live events. I guess, yeah. Um, here's the thing. Like there are certain. I'm definitely against, like especially now hearing this, like the fact that. They have their most profitable year ever, even though they laid off all those people, which obviously helped that. But oh, at the same wait, time, like, I do, I do, I do feel like there's certain people that not deserved it, but like they had asked before, and I'm just glad they gave it to them, even though it is a shitty time. Like a Ruzev, who I believe asked for one. Certainly mm-hmm. a Mike Bennett, because he's an idiot. Who? And Maria. Like, who, and, well, no, but Mike Bennett's an idiot because he specifically had complained before signing the contract, then yeah. signed one and was like, oh, I'm so unhappy, but you just signed it. You fucking knew what they were going to do. Uh, like, so those guys, it is I don't, interesting I don't though. mind. I don't mind, like, because I feel like that the revival is another one. Because um, they wanted out. Right, if they oh, wanted yeah. out, I was good yeah. with it, even though it's, it's a shitty time to want out, but, like, you've been asking for it, so... They're finally giving you what you want, but the other ones, no, there was no reason to release them. Especially hearing this bullshit of they have record profits for the year. Bennett Bennett actually was an interesting one because uh, when he asked for his release, he said it was after he said, okay, like they obviously had no no plans to use them. And he said, then just put me on house shows. I don't care. I don't need to be on TV. Just put me on the house show loop. I just want to wrestle. 
I'll be happy if you put me on house shows. Which they even said no to that. I would. And, and at that point, like, uh, I, I mean, Bennett's, Bennett's not bad. But why would you uh, give him what I, he I wanted actually, after you're complaining about all this? I mean, oh, this, there's, this other, is, this there's is, other places that there are all the definitions. This was before the, the, the. Sorry. This was before the complaining. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. All right, this was before I'm the complaining. Right. It, 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 was, it, it was completely after. He started complaining after that. Uh, and and uh, when he resigned the deal, uh, this rejection of all this stuff happened after that. His logic was if there's there if they have me going for five hundred thousand dollars a year, I'm one of their higher paid athletes right now, so, so they're crazy. going to have to use me because he is he was like he I wasn't. No doubt, this sounds very WCWish. <laughs> like like he was being paid a lot of money to sit at home and. And an exceptional amount of money, half a million dollars a year. That's and Maria so, was getting the same. That's so crazy. That's like, <laughs> like friggin' Lenny Poffo WCW stuff right there. That's it's yep. exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And the, the problem with that, too, is that Maria and Mike are actually pretty talented. Uh, Maria, Maria especially, because she's actually a very good promo and has good presence. Um, but uh, uh, Mike, Mike himself is not as good a promo, but him and her together are just a great act like there's stuff in ring of honor and new japan was fantastic and And, uh, even an impact i was gonna say even an impact i loved his theme song he felt just like ec3 he felt like a main eventer in fact the funny thing is i think he signed with wwe just as he was like about to main event with impact and i was like so bummed by that i was like oh i want that guitar theme back I was hoping he would go to NXT, but they brought him straight to SmackDown and then started jobbing him out two weeks later. And it was just like, well, that was a waste. And uh, But really what's going on with all that is um, – so I, I don't really blame him for resigning when he – the logic behind it previously is, well, I'm making this much money. They're going to have to use me, which they have done historically with people. Mm. Um, and they just – it's just like, oh, you can stay at home, pal. <laughs> uh and uh the so i i I don't really uh hold him accountable for that that like yeah he he signed you should have known what he was getting yeah he knew though how they used him before yeah yeah and but it's one of those things where he's well hey at least he got paid yeah (laughs) like good for him i'll tell you what though i'll tell you what the one thing i think less than people or at least the wrestling community should be learning from this as far as um, talent goes is those multi-year deals don't mean shit. Exactly. No. I mean, we kind of no, knew that they, from they the mean, beginning. You, I mean, going all the way back, probably the first big multi-year deal that was broken was Bret Hart. But mm-hmm. it hasn't happened so much. Deal. But it hasn't happened so much that it's noticeable. But the fact that they signed all these people just so they wouldn't go somewhere else, and they're like, and then nope, we don't want you anymore. Fired them all. Right. Yep. Yeah, it, all the power is in the hands of WWE on that end. The w, you are expected to keep your contract, but they don't have to keep it with you. It's a lesson to be and, learned, but I don't think it will and, be learned. Well, they need a union is really what they need. That's true. But that, that's another story. But uh, all, all, all that thing, all that being said, how, guess how much money they save by firing all these people? How many? How much? $8 million a year. All right. Guess how much money they're going to be making this year? <laughs> I'm gonna say some ridiculous number. I'm gonna see how close I get. Uh, 
375 million. You're off by a bit. Ooh, okay. Lower. Well, lower? Let me try one more. Uh, 340 million. Closer, but still a little lower. All right, just give it to me then. 280. Okay. Wow. $280 million. That, and that means they made $100 million more than they did last year. <laughs> That's what they're going to make this year. Unbelievable. And, and th- that is the most revenue they have ever made. Um, Probably because of the Fox deal and the Saudi deal. It is the TV <laughs> deals. It's the, the escalating TV deals, especially. Sure. If they did absolutely nothing for the rest of the year, I mean, taped nothing, just aired old stuff on TV, they would still make $4 million of profit. You know, this is what kind of, this is, I I feel like this is what annoys me and why, like, a lot of the times I, like, try to, like, really bash WWE for things, like, because they don't, so, like, all right, for, like, AEW, like, I'm always thrilled when they get something, like, when they signed with, when TNT announced that they were actually, quote-unquote, renewed, I don't remember for mm-hmm. how long. I was fucking thrilled. The, I was like, uh, four yeah. years. I was four fucking years. thrilled yeah. because I was like, good. They've worked so hard. They've earned it. And WWE, every time they're rewarded, I'm like, they haven't earned it. No. Like, and it's a noise. I always get annoyed about it. Probably another reason why I hate Goldberg, by the way, is because I feel like he really hasn't earned anything, but yet he still gets rewarded. Um, like I'm that kind of person. Like if you, if you are showing me that like you deserve to be rewarded, then I'm with it when you actually are rewarded. Mm-hmm. And the thing with AEW too is they weren't profitable until that TV deal, That's and true. now they are profitable, and they and it's okay. Like they're they're fine for the next four years, which is actually ridiculous. They became profitable in nine months. Right. They, they had a plan to be two to three years running at a deficit. And they're not. <laughs> like, good for them. Like, that's fantastic. That is great news for AEW that where, because of that TV deal, they're fine. They, they're hurting, but they're fine. Uh, Ring of Honor is definitely losing money right now. Uh, Impact, is ne- Impact has never made a profit, and yet somehow they're still paying people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, the, run, but hold on, but they're right now, current impact, not running, pl- you know, a shitload of shows. They're not, they don't have big name talent to really, no. other than Van Dam, <laughs> they are probably doing way better than they were a few years ago. Well, oh, I, yeah. I still have a soft spot for for impact. That's why I'm, I feel like I need to defend them for this. They're way close, closer to the black right now in terms of money than uh, they were when they had Sting and all those guys. And the truth is, too, uh, Sting was actually a really important part of their product, so I don't really blame them for paying him. But then they were paying Hogan and all these other guys ridiculous amounts of money that didn't need to be there. Uh, And then they uh, went live, which was expensive. Yes. Yes, and then four weeks later they went back to tape. (laughs) Which is fine. (laughs) They got slaughtered. Okay, but but you know what? I guarantee you right now. AEW and uh, NXT would die for those numbers. If I remember, it was over a million, which is better than what they're doing. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, now, granted, you know, Although, 10 years uh, ago, but whatever. But I'm just saying. Different. Because I'm not different this, era, I'm, but I'm yeah, the person uh, that will defend 
impact because I think they've actually had a lot of good things going for them. Not even even during the the bad Hogan years. I take that over hey. what we're getting these days. You know, I I will take the matches from Impact. Give me the Samuel ones, Shaw. The Expedition. Uh, oh no. <laughs> I love the Samuel. <laughs> I don't want him, but but. Uh, yeah, but but I will take like AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels and that kind of stuff over anything you have in WWE today. But uh, well, that's actually not strictly true. Some of the guys in WWE are awesome, but uh, the but yeah, uh, what I, all that being said, uh, like Impact is treating the wrestlers right. Yes. AEW is treating the wrestlers right. Yes. MLW, as far as we know, is treating the wrestlers like right and putting their health first. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is treating the wrestlers right. All of these companies are New earning Japan. some New Japan. Oh my gosh, New Japan is treating everyone better than anyone else. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, like they, they they are. They went to their freaking government. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and they're still paying everyone. Like they're not, they're not, and there's there's and they said we should be the last one to come back, mm. and of all the sports, because we want to be the the dot uh, on on the I and the cross on the T saying this is over. We want to be the sign that things are returned to normal, which is pretty cool, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember something about New Japan. I'm going to bring that up later. And I watched one of the movies on New Japan World, and it was awesome. I want to recommend it before we go off. Is it but, in English? Uh, uh, it has English subtitles. All right. um, it, it's worth it's worth it. Trust me. Yeah, but see. how much is that, by the way? Uh, Japan World, yeah. uh, 999 yen, so about eight. I like how that's what you start off. Like I know that. What's, what's, like I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, so a, a thousand yen would be the equivalent of about about ten dollars. Okay, gotcha. So maybe maybe a little bit maybe a little bit less. Um, totally worth it. New Japan's the best. But, I would love to get uh, to New Japan. The, the only thing I have in it is probably because, and it's probably a stupid reason on my end, is because of the subtitles. Like, when I felt like they should have done their all, and I'm not going to go to, I don't want to get too off track because I do, we do have one major topic still to talk about here. And I do want to <laughs> talk about Money in the Bank real quick, too, about it, because it does have some impact on the future with wrestling and COVID. Um, but I felt always felt like, they should have tried their best to keep Jim Ross. And maybe they couldn't. Maybe Ross was dead set on leaving New Japan because uh, just having him as an English announcer, I was like, yeah, I want to check this out. Now, now that we have an English announcer, may, maybe short-minded of me, admittingly, but that's how I felt. The thing with JR in New Japan was, and he did try, it just didn't seem like he cared oh. that much okay and no, I meant when he was in new japan when he was in new japan uh when he was doing the access show um he when he was doing the tape shows he was a little better prepared when he was doing the live shows he oh, was <laughs> he was fine but it was not at his best yeah uh i i think he's been far better in AEW. Mm-hmm. and then um, and then they have Kevin Kelly for years, and he's been like a godsend for them. Oh my 
gosh. He's improved so much from his days in WWE. He, he, uh, like, the stuff he did in Ring of Honor was really good. Oh, yes, it Uh, was. And and, uh, he kind of mentored Ian Riccoboni to the point of where he can be the lead commentator of Ring of Honor now. And Ian's fantastic. Yeah, I'm starting uh, to grow on Ian. Uh, I like Ian personally. Like I've talked to him before on on Twitter and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's genuinely a very nice person. Yeah, uh, and he's and he's always wishing success to every company, not just Ring of Honor. Like mm-hmm. he's he talked about AEW and how he wishes them nothing but the best and all this kind of stuff. Um, mainly because he knows the guy is running it, and he's he loves those guys. You know, who's this? Uh, yeah. But. Even Riccoboni, he's the lead commentator for Ring of Honor. Okay. Um, but but Kevin Kelly is the the in New Japan. He has he has been. I actually think he's probably the best commentator in wrestling, other than Tony Schiavone. Him and Schiavone out for a while now. Yeah, and and really, if I'm being completely honest, uh, Kelly is probably the best play-by-play guy in wrestling right now. Really? Wow. Um. Yeah, he's he is he has done such a wonderful job of connecting the audience to the New Japan product and explaining the stories and why the moves are important. He's doing voiceover work for all, all their stuff now. Uh, he they have him doing commentary on old matches and they're releasing old matches every week with his commentary. And uh, they have Chris Charlton who wrote who wrote uh, wrote the book Lions Pride about New Japan, the history of New Japan. And uh, and he's also um, he used to do a lot of the translation stuff on Twitter, but now he's actually doing commentary for them in English. Uh, and they have Gino Gambino, uh, who is a heel announcer from Australia, and uh, he's also a pro wrestler, a member of the Bullet Club. But and they also have Rocky Romero coming in sometimes mm-hmm. as well. And that when that crew together is so unbelievably great at telling the stories of the matches. Um, Dave Meltzer, even to this point, he said free. He said when they first started offering English commentary, he's like, oh, I just listen to the Japanese. I'm used to it. I like it more because I may not understand the words, but they have so much energy that I can get into it, mm-hmm. and which is true. And then, ever slowly, it went. You know what? I, I watched the English commentary and it was really good. And then it went to I'm only watching the English commentary, and I don't miss the Japanese commentary. This is weird. And and then it, then it became. Oh my gosh, Kevin Kelly has become the best commentator in wrestling. Wow! <laughs> I wish uh, and it's like I, I, I really don't think it's close. I wish I don't know. Like I'm, Tony Schiavone is probably the next best. I love Tony Schiavone. Um, the uh, thing is, I guess for me, I'm still really. I know it's been a few months, and Bill, you can tell me when this happened because I don't know. It might have even been a year at this point. I'm still okay. really, really sour about. Ring of Honor and their la- lack of handling the Bully Ray fan situation. Do you, oh, God, do you that was almost a year ago. I figured that at this point. <laughs> but I've been uh, really sour on them since then because basically they didn't take a side. And that's my biggest problem with it is they didn't take a side. You mean, um, Ring, you mean Bully, Ring of Honor or New Japan? I mean Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because we're talking yeah, about yeah. Kevin Kelly. Uh, Kevin yeah. With Ring of Honor. Uh, he was in New Japan at that point. He he's he's not worked for Ring of Honor for about three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I maybe mean, maybe maybe two and a half. Okay. Um, but no, like that was my thing. Is I'm like, 
I guess for some reason I associate Kevin Kelly with Ring of Honor, for, but then again, I haven't really watched it in, as you could tell, at least a year, maybe a few more. Um, but no, like, I, Bill, if you remember the cor- cor- correctly, it was like Bully Ray brought a fan to the back because um, he, because <laughs> supposedly this fan yelled out explicitives to Velvet Sky. Yep, and her group. And her group. I don't remember what the group was. That's why I was just saying Velvet Sky. The allure. It's it's Velvet Sky, Angelina Love, and Mandy Leon. And the fact that they didn't say anything at all. Like, they were like, oh, we're going to investigate it. Two or three weeks later, <laughs> we're still investigating. And then I don't think we heard anything. Now, obviously, Bully Ray is no longer with Ring of Honor, which I think I might even told Josiah this on Twitter. If I was like, I hope nobody picks him up. <laughs> and hey, the best... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You have I was going to say, the best line from that whole investigation was from the one or from the guy that Bully was talking to, and he's like, you talk to these ladies as if you were talking to your mother. Bully Ray is the last guy... On the face of the earth, who should be giving that kind of advice, especially from his days at ECW. That's true. That's true, too. Yeah. So my problem is this is like they say they'll investigate it and nothing ever came of it. So basically to me, Ring of Honor is saying it's okay to, number one, take a fan to the back and threaten them. Two, also... Fans can just yell explicitives to women. I don't agree with either of them. For them not taking the, a side, I that's what I get from it. And the, you will not change me otherwise unless you have new information. So the fellow who was taken to the back, I heard his story. He did not yell ex, uh, expletives towards the woman. He was just doing standard heel taunting. That doesn't surprise and, me. Uh, and Velvet Sky probably got all friggin'. Um, yeah. I want to point Velvet because I feel like this is not the first time for her. Like I feel like she has a history of like. She being has a bit of an attitude problem. She she has a bit of an attitude problem. Yeah. Uh, commonly, commonly known. Yeah. In her that regard. Angelina. Oh my gosh. See, I haven't uh, heard that much and, about Angelina. More Velvet than Angelina. I don't want to group them. Ooh, Even ooh, though those are beautiful, but they're a group together. They're beautiful people, but I, I, I just feel like I've heard more from Velvet than Angelina. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um. Anyway, so that's so, why I can't get a board ring of honor, because they didn't make a decision. I'm more against them than any of the other parties about this. Ooh. Well, in that case, you don't have to worry about uh, supporting New Japan because Kevin Kelly does not work for Ring of Honor. Right, which I didn't get. Uh, he works for – yep. Yeah, he stopped working for them a while back. He, he handed the reins over to Ian Riccoboni, and uh, he, he's done – yeah, he's been exclusive to New Japan. I think he may have called one Ring of Honor show since yeah, then, the but it was, a, it was the Garden Show. Yeah, joint show with um, – New Japan, so obviously he's going to call that because so he's the New Japan commentator. So you can get New Japan with Kevin Kelly commentary? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they had, they, every one of their shows are in English now. Right. Every show is in English now. I think yesterday they put up the great Muda versus Hulk Hogan or Hulk Hogan with oh, Kevin yes. Kelly. Yes. And I might from, have from 1993. From 1993. Uh, 
that match, the story behind that match is Hogan was the WWF champion, and leading into it, he buried the WWF championship in his promos. I, I remember because he thought he, he thought he was going to leave the company and go sign with New Japan full time because he was making one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a match for New Japan, uh, and he was going to win their title. And the rule is Hulk Hogan doesn't do jobs in Japan. That was Brother. the rule. Oh well. Hulk Hogan doesn't do jobs, period, as we all know, uh, anywhere. <laughs> uh, do do and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't lose, brother. <laughs> uh, it's, it's bad, it's bad for my hype, Jack. Wait, so um, I can, I can watch but, that match for like five thousand yen? Uh, less, <laughs> less than that. You can watch it for nine hundred ninety-nine yen, aka probably about. Eight. Probably about eight dollars and fifty cents American. All right, cool. And and you can watch pretty much, and they're adding classic matches all the time. But Kevin Kelly's commentary now, especially with the downtime, uh, and you can go back and watch the entire G1 from years past and see Shinsuke Nakamura tearing it up. You can watch Roshi Tanahashi's rise. He's the best babyface ever in wrestling. And this is the one I was going to promote. You can watch my dad is a heel wrestler which is a film that was produced in Japan, uh, made with many New Japan wrestlers. Uh, and they work for a company in the film called Lion Pro Wrestling. And Hiroshi Tanahashi is the lead, lead actor in it. And he plays a heel wrestler, and his son doesn't know what he does. And when he finds out, his son is ashamed because his dad's a bad guy. Oh. So it goes from there. And uh, the main... The hero wrestler is Kazuchika Okada, and he goes by the name Dragon George. <laughs> All right. It's, it, it's, it's, there is a lot of humor in the names, but um, the movie itself is actually very well acted. Uh, it's about an hour and 50 minutes long, and it is a wonderful look at pro wrestling. It is a pro wrestling movie, and it's like – at its best. It's interesting uh, you say that it sounds like that's a pro wrestling movie because on the on the description it kind of sounds like the equivalent to the Big Show show. Uh, yeah, it, but it's but it's not like the Big Show show is a really bad TGIF show <laughs> on ABC Family. I, don't know, I thought it looked pretty good. To be uh, if I had Netflix, I would watch. Uh, it. I, I, I think it's like it's to, to be to be honest, I watched I watched a few episodes. I had fun watching it. Yeah, it's it is fun. not. It, it's it's fun. That's how I'll put it. It's not stellar yeah. television, but it's certainly fun. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. the worst show ever. It's not something that like, you're gonna that's gonna survive nine seasons and say that it's like the next freaking Westworld right. or Game of Thrones. But right, it's fine. Right. <laughs> it, it was. I was entertained by it, um, but it is not something that is going to. Uh, like the world on fire, but it's it, there's nothing offensive about it. It's not a horrible television. I mean, show. it got the man title um, shot. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. uh, although they didn't mention on TV. Uh, so, just, but yeah. So basically, it's it's a it's a very well produced film, and you get to see a match between Okada and Tanahashi. There you go. So, and. It, is actually an Okada Tanahashi match, like in the last 25 minutes of the film, <laughs> and they just work a wrestling match, but they film it like a film, so it looks great. Like uh, it's just an example of uh, 
it just it was very well produced, very well directed. The storyline is very entertaining, and uh, they do an interesting thing where you in this universe you can't tell if the wrestling is predetermined or not. It's hard hard to tell, but they leave that open to you. Right. You can determine whether this this is kayfabe and they decided it was going to go this way or you can say in this world the finishes are not predetermined but regardless of how you interpret it they leave that open to you the viewer and they let you say wrestling isn't really about whether or not it's real or fake it's about the connection you make with the with the characters and the audience right which is true which is really true it's about the stories and uh anyway it tells a wonderful story and uh, to be honest it's actually a bit of a tearjerker uh it it i was very close to tearing up watching it so uh all right i, I thought it was great uh, I, yeah and it, it's an insight into japanese wrestling and how they treat wrestling too it's very different from how they treat wrestling here well we, yeah we already know that so. um so just letting everyone know mm. so we are approaching the um i think in like 15 20 minutes we're approaching the two hour mark um yeah so we're i want to bring up i only want to spend like not even ten minutes about on this, um, on the um, on money in the bank because that does have some implications on COVID and how wrestling might be determined at least on WWE side. But then we have a big topic that's after that, so it's going to be a little bit longer than two hours. Let's talk about it. Money in the bank. Look, this is technically where Vince might want fans, I would think, but mm-hmm. at the same time. From what I understand, the Money in the Bank matches, well, first off, the Money in the Bank matches are apparently running at the same time. Yes, and they're already taped as well. And they're They're already taped. They they were taped three weeks ago. Right, because they weren't expecting the country to be fucking half opened at this point. Um, So my question (laughs) to you is this is, well, first off, what do you guys think about Money in the Bank, the money, men's and the women's, being run together? And also for the stuff that wasn't taped, meaning the non-Money in the Bank performances, do you think they actually bring in fans for the rest of it? Um, my quick take here on this before I hand it to, I guess we'll start with Bill. Um, I don't mind the idea that money in the bank is pre-recorded. What I hope they don't do. And what I would hate is if it was one of these cases where the money in the bank starts at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And then would like, they'd have a match. Oh, here's an update on money in the bank. Because to me, that would really cheapen the whole pay-per-view. Um, mm-hmm. So, Bill, go ahead. Why don't you start? I, I, I agree with you on that. I really hope that the Money in the Bank match is towards the end, especially if it is the end, like the final thing, because I, I, I think that has to be the wrestling movie type match. Sure. Because especially after what happened with WrestleMania, I think they're going to do that with not the big matches, but maybe some of the stipulated matches. If, if you understand where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, with the match itself, when I first heard that it was going to be combined, 
I thought, how in the world are they going to pull this off? You know, because you're going to have to have, God, a bunch of camera people there. You're going to have to, it's almost like you're going to have to do like a split screen of the men and the women. But you're not going to be able to catch every second of it. Correct. So however much they edit is going to be interesting to find out. With the rest of the show, it's I, I'm with you, Jim, because I don't know if the other matches are going to be live or not. I have not heard a thing. I'm going to guess it was taped before all this, you know, states opening up. But I really don't know. As far as the Money in the Bank ladder match goes, the concept or this particular concept is great. Because you know they're never going to do this again because they're supposed to be moving to their new headquarters, which had to be put on stop because of what's going on with COVID-19. So this is is more of a way of like, okay, guys, tear this building apart. We don't give a shit about what happens to the building as long as you are all safe. Brian Alvarez is uh, paying one of his listeners to who uh, has experience with financial stuff and estimates mm-hmm. to estimate how much damage was done to the building at the <laughs> end of this. Oh, my. oh, my God. Because they're not moving out of that for at least another right, six months. De- they, right. I was going to say, they delayed it. So, uh, all right, so Josiah, what, 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 do, you, what do you think about the, the money in the bank concept? And, I mean, you know, when we talked about how both me and Bill at least hope it doesn't get divided into parts and it's just one straight up match. One straight shoot. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, I know the whole, that match is pre-taped. The other matches are not, those will be live. Um, as far as I know, uh, uh, or at least as close to live as possible. Uh, I do, I, I don't think there'll be any fans there. Not even, Nope. <laughs> I, I think there'll be zero fans. And, you don't think that yeah. if, if, like, for some reason, and I, we don't know this right now because we're not, that again, this is Tuesday, Cinco de Mayo, 9.06 p.m. We um, we don't know what if AEW is going to bring any fans. You don't think that if AEW brings fans in, you don't think that Vince is going to try to bring fans in for the Sunday pay-per-view? I don't think AEW is bringing fans in tomorrow for Wednesday. Okay. And I don't think, and uh, I don't think Vince is notoriously stubborn. It took him several weeks to change the camera view from the hard cam looking at empty seats to looking at the screen, which dramatically improved the quality of the show because <laughs> you didn't see an empty arena around. Um, so I, I, I don't know when they're going to let... I, I wouldn't be shocked if the first company to let fans in was WWE, but I don't think it's going to happen at this pay-per-view. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I can pretty much say with uh, 100% confidence that's not going to happen for this one. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think with the way they planned out the presentation anyways, the, it would not be, be a benefit to have the fans there, especially with the large pre-tape main event. Um, doing both ma- doing both matches at the same time. Look, I think this is going to be an absolute train wreck. Uh, I, I do not think it is going to be pretty. 
Uh, it is going to be very much so in that cinematic style they've been trying to do and have not been able to replicate yet with the uh, Boneyard. Um, mm. That, like, I think that was probably their best success in it. They tried. I think uh, Gargano Ciampa probably would have been better if the Undertaker and AJ didn't have their cinematic match just a few days earlier, or Edge and Orton didn't have theirs. But um, regardless, it's it's probably going to be lots of wacky shots, lots of gimmicks, crash pads, all this kind of stuff. Someone is probably going to get thrown off the building. Yeah, like, they're going to do something for. ridiculous. Uh, that reminds Reminded me too. I, I uh, helped co-write an article today. It's not out yet, but it's a, a parody article about how AJ Styles is back from the dead, <laughs> and, and and how uh, Papa Shango uh, sacrificed the souls of Gallows and Anderson to raise <laughs> AJ from the dead to bring them back because he wants to have a zombie AJ Styles, aka ZJ Styles, oh my God. zombie AJ Styles to uh, eventually overthrow the Undertaker. <laughs> Actually, so that's that's really the storyline I came up with. Actually, that would be really well, great. Because it's ridiculously over the top, right? But Lucha Underground would do it, but WWE is like, well, that's unrealistic. Yeah, but the yeah, but they used to think like that. They used to think that like thirteen guys can beat up one guy and shove him in a casket, and he could be alive again or go to the heavens first, and then exactly. come back. They used exactly. to, and I feel like that is the biggest thing that they fucking lack is that no everything it's, it's has really to be public. serious now everyone has to be everyone has to have their real names they have to be fucking chris wells and brian yeah. uh droker like all these <laughs> generic names that like yeah what the fuck like and, even even that even when people had real names back in the day it was like brett the hitman heart Sean, Which is an awesome the name. The Heartbreak Kid Michaels or the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Stone Cold Steve real... Austin. <laughs> Those are realistic names, at least. Yeah. But they had yeah. a gimmick to it. Now it's just yeah. like, oh, here's fucking Luke Harper. Get out of here. <laughs> it's like, well, no, well, no one had any characters, right? And, and that's the thing. Like, even, even with the hokey stuff... Uh, well, that's what I mean. No one has characters now. Uh, like the, the hokey stuff, like uh, Taker, Bob Holly, uh, Spark Plug, Bob Spark Plug, oh, Holly, Sparky Plug. He that, had two that names. Was, that, that was a horrific gimmick, but it was a gimmick. It was. Uh, and I, and I it did not get him over. But, well, actually, he did pretty good in his tag team with One Two Three Kid. They were actually kind of over his baby faces. Somehow so, I feel but like yeah, there I didn't say a that That from like Sparky Plug to. Like, like it was the one, two, three kid and Sparky Plug. I believe that, but I thought at some point it was like, like somehow that team turned into the one, two, three kid and Marty Jannetty. Yeah, uh, that did. I did the other way around. Uh, oh, I can't it? remember exactly how that went. I think, I think, I think Jannetty may have been first actually, uh, and and he was Sparky Plug, but then he became Spark Plug Bob Holly, right? Which honestly is a much better name. <laughs> I mean, both of them were better uh, than. What he became. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, you look at all that stuff. Even even though it's hokey, the thing with that, and some of those gimmicks really did suck. Let's just be I honest. Agree, but they were yeah, fun. But, but rest, but rest, right, yeah, that's my point. Wrestling was fun. <laughs> it was so much fun. And it, the thing is, it may have sucked, but it was like all the good stuff back then was really, really good. 
all the bad stuff back then was really, really bad. And there was no in-between. And nowadays, everything's in-between. There's, no, there's nothing so horrendously terrible that you don't want to see it, but there's nothing so awesome like Bret Hart and, Bret Hart, uh, Bret Hart and Steve Austin uh, that you can't turn your eyes away. Bill, you were trying to say something? I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I think the closest as far as names go that's original is Orange Cassidy. Yes. Yeah. Orange Cassidy is fucking great, and I love Orange Cassidy. He's yeah, Ken- Kenny Omega is a good name. Yeah, uh, that is. Like, like it, it's, it, you can tell it's, it's not so ridiculous that it couldn't be a real name. But you can tell it's a stage name at the same time. It's a pro wrestling name. Well, also, here's uh, the thing with me is I'm like, can I meet somebody that's named this name? Like, I don't think I'm going to go into a 7-Eleven and meet someone that's named Darby Allen. I don't think I'm going to go right. into 7-Eleven meeting someone that's, uh, uh, like, it's Orange Cassidy. But I do think that I can go to 7-Eleven and probably meet someone named kevin owens yeah yeah and the funny the funny thing about that is the herbie allen is actually his real name (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but it's it's such a it's such a unique name like and and it works for him like there's you're i always thought i'm not gonna get a better name no no his name is darby allen yeah uh and uh uh I mean, but I mean, like even uh, Kevin Owens when he went by his real name Kevin Steen, like that's a good name because that's not very, it's rare. But it's not a, had, a common but also, name. But also he had a gimmick with his kill Steen kill. Exactly, exactly. I'm and, Kevin Steen and fuck Ring of Honor. That song was great. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Steen Steen was the well. Oh, Steen was amazing. Yeah. You know what? Um, I'll, I'm but, gonna say it right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my put, put my flag in there. Steen is the person, the number one person that has regressed since W since joining WWE. He was so freaking cool and, the, the, and Ring of Honor. He he was just the top, and he was a babyface at the end because he was just so over. just so good at getting the crowd to do what he wanted. And and he earned their respect, even though he was still kind of a heel. But at that point, he was just he was, he was too good not to cheer. Uh, kind of like Samoa Joe, actually. Um, In a lot of ways. Right, right. So the so anyway, the uh, mo- uh, let's let's track back here. Money in the bank. Um, yeah. Josiah, do you think there's going to be an audience? No. Okay. Uh, I don't think there'll be an audience, and I. I think the show will probably be fine, but I don't think it'll be anything special. I, I do think that Money in the Bank ladder match, because it has the promise of being a train wreck, it is testing my resolve to not watch WWE right now, um, right. only because it's a train wreck, though. I'm not actually interested in any of the matches. Well, in their stories, um, right, you're like, oh, what the fuck is this going to be? Yeah. That's fair. Like, I, I don't... I don't care for Bailey versus Tamina. I love Bailey. I, I so think she's want fantastic. Tamina to win. I so <laughs> want the internet to blow up and be so upset that Tamina won. 
There is a sick joy I can have in seeing the internet get angry. But <laughs> Plus, I, I think Bailey sucks anyway. Whatever. Hey. Uh, it is interesting. I don't know if I've seen though. another she's wrestler a, that like, I feel... Because obviously she's a SmackDown wrestler, so I've actually been watching her in the last mm-hmm. like month or so. I don't feel like there's been a wrestler that I was like, oh my god, you're actually a worse bad girl than a good girl. Like I, she, she's such a natural babyface, and Vince has no idea how to book her because he has no idea what's a likable trait. I don't even think that. I think she was a normal babyface. But that's fine. Whatever. I I got it. Yeah, it's it's okay. We can agree to disagree. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Let me type. Type you something. Second, I'll go with you. But uh, she, I, I, I do think she was an essential part of NXT's draw when her and Balor were there. Like she was a big reason why they would be drawing fifteen thousand people to Brooklyn or anything like that, uh, or did ten thousand in London, those kinds of things. Um, but it is interesting. Uh, some interviews were given by Sasha Banks and a few other women recently, and they talked about how before Bailey was called up, there was a lot of infighting in the women's locker room and jealousy and trying to position themselves. Sure. And Bailey came in and she, she stepped in and she. She was like, you know what? We all need to work together to make this work. Because, and why are we working against each other? This is really cool what we get to do. So let's go out there, make each other better, and have fun. And she apparently transformed the entire atmosphere of the locker room on the main roster for the women. I mean, did they all say in a circle and sing Kumbaya? <laughs> I don't think so. But, but she has really played a role in making it like a team process not I just don't, I don't get the band, uh, I'll be honest with you. yeah but uh but it's i don't know again, I don't like a lot either, of people so will seem to like <laughs> so hey hey it's okay you're entitled to your opinion and you're wrong I mean, but that's I mean, okay I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, look, I don't think most of the again i can only name like probably five wwe women's wrestlers that i like to me the better roster is in impact um aw is getting there but they feel like they do still need a couple more standouts. The the I I'm telling you, Britt Baker has become a revelation name. as a heel. She's become a she, very good heel. She's so good now. But <laughs> like, I'll, be, I'll be honest, with you, I feel she's like completely of, turned it around. I feel like part of it is kind of owed to Tony Schiavone. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it, well, Tony has played the perfect foil for her. There's like. It, Tony is unbelievably great at what he does. Because he's so loved. And his... Thing. Well, yeah. And how do you not love Tony Schiavone? He's one of the voices of our, our, of people's childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he... Him and Jim Ross are the voice of my childhood. And, uh... You know what, though, Josiah? You and, say that, but, like, I feel like there was a lot of heat on Tony Schiavone in those final years of WCW. Uh, and it's really funny. Um, I... I think there was a little bit, but the thing is, he ate a lot of blame for stuff that wasn't his fault. 100%, but we didn't like, know that how can you be... That's true, but like, how could you how could you have good commentary when you have Vince Russo booking the stuff he was booking in that company? Like, and actually, and really, if you... And Brian Alvarez talked about this, because he recently finished the his rewatch of all the Nitros. And uh, with uh, Brian, Benny, and Craig, and um, 
they actually aired it live on Twitch, the the final thing, and Brian did some shots of absinthe. <laughs> that's so crazy. They he watched got every actually, nitro? They watched every nitro, and uh, from 96 onwards, every raw, and reviewed it. Wow. Again. I'm, I barely <laughs> am getting through the Star Wars series on Disney+. Plus. I, uh, I'm only yeah, up to The they, Force Awakens, and it's a struggle. <laughs> Yeah, they, they watched it. Even when Nitro went to three hours, they stayed with it. They watched every episode. And uh, they worked through some horrible Russo booking. Sure. But uh, the decline of WCW was sharp. And uh, it is interesting going back and listening to the reviews. And I think I'm going to be trying to put it in an Excel file so you can just click and go through. and You know, but... Um, That'd be awesome. I, I actually anyways, would love to check some of the. I mean, I guess I have to pay for it, don't I? So I don't know. We'll see. Yes, yeah. Uh, uh, but it, it uh, it's worth it for that, that stuff. Like, and you get to get insight into. Very, very poor. That's true. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. And uh, I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to pay for my uh, subscription because I write for the site. But uh, I, uh, I which which is fortunate. Um, but password. yeah. <laughs> uh, so really I find uh, I, I just find their overlook of it was really good but they uh, they they pointed out even Brian pointed out Tony did not he really didn't decline that much really? he was just given a lot of bad stuff I mean I guess that's true yeah it, 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 it wasn't as sharp as he originally thought and part of it is because he's had 20 years of horrible WWE commentary, and he realized, you know what, Tony really wasn't that bad <laughs> at the end, mm. and and uh, he he probably got a lot more flack than he should have. And the truth is, um, that burned him. Like he he did one TNA appearance after that, and he was done. Right. And he was never going to watch wrestling again. And I. Th- Think the cat is vomiting. Hold on. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll talk to Bill for this stop point. Bill, so we're yeah. about to well, get okay. into um, the uh, the big rumor that's been going on. Yes, and yeah. this is a big ru- so, rumor. So, so apparently there's a rumor. Okay, that he's w- okay. He's okay. Okay. Well, let's get into this anyway because I think we've gone as far as we could with the with with Tony Schiavone. Um, Bill, with ru- rumor, are you sure about that? Do you- how sure are you that your cat's okay? Or that your roommate's oh, cat's okay? He's fine. He's fine. Hmm. He's, he's, already, he's already recovered. I'm running around. <laughs> False alarm. You may have just heard him yelling. <laughs> oh, oh he, he did throw up, but he's fine. Oh, wait. So you're just going to leave it's the throw just... up there. Okay. <laughs> no, no. My, my roommate's got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's his cat, not mine. I mean, sure. he's right. Is your roommate even there right now? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does does he know that the cat's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just he just he he actually went right over and uh, uh he got the paper towel out and all that. Oh, so okay. we're good. Tell tell him that yeah. me and Bill said hi. All right. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> B- Bill Bill and uh, Jimmy say hi. No response. Okay. Listen. So with anyway. the, there's apparently rumors that WWE is being sold. Now, this doesn't necessarily come from, in my opinion, the greatest source, because I believe only one person mentioned this, and Bill, correct me if du- I'm wrong, Dutch Mantel, Mantel right? <laughs> yep. 
Now, my theory, though, with this is I can kind of see it because, well, now I don't know because of Josiah's investors report earlier, but will they sell because of COVID and COVID-19 and because of the because of the fact that their expectations are that things aren't going to go back to normal really anytime soon and what i mean by that is if they start running shows let's say they even run a raw or a smackdown they're not going to be able to open to full capacity and they you know 25% maybe to 50% but not to 100% maybe until what many people say are till 2021 and i was thinking therefore this might be that if there was a time to sell it might be right now um because it would make harder for a profit anything outside of the tv rights and to be honest with you again if i'm fox and i've said this plenty of times i would be extremely disappointed in these numbers that wwe was bringing for smackdown um what are your thoughts bill see if i i don't know what to believe on this because i mean dutch retail i don't know if he's a guy who has a reputation of telling the truth or telling a lie i i've never heard anything about him well i mean i've heard of him but i've never heard rumors of he is a guy who that is straight up honest with you or he's gonna pull your leg see i'm actually gonna disagree with you on if the time is right to sell yes let's go and the only the only reason i the only reason i say that is let's say they do sell let, let let's say it happens and by the way who are the potential sellers again i mean it's disney but like it's fox and espn Oh, That's so two, oh, so two different places. Okay, but but uh, but a lot of the Fox stuff is owned by Disney. Are they? Oh, that's as, right. As, they uh, are. Uh, and as is ESPN. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Like, I feel like if Disney gets WWE, we're good to go. If ESPN does, then we're just back to trying to make it a sport again, and nothing's going to change. But as Josiah said, ESPN is all. No, so but I know, Disney, but eventually so. they're going to decide what Try department to. they're going to go to. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. And if, right. It's, and if it's ESPN, then it's done. If they do sell now, and I, and I guess the time frame for me would be from when we're recording today, May 5th. Right, 9.26 p.m. Till like, oh. I'll be generous. I'll say the end of the summer. I I don't know if they would be able, whoever buys them, would be able to make a profit. You're not going to make a profit right away because there's no shows to do. You're doing, you know, the performance center shows to nobody. Your only money that you're making, like we've already said, is from the TV deals. I I mean where are you going to profit right away? I, I guess I'm thinking more short-term than I am long-term. Because long-term, once things are back to normal or what is considered normal, yeah, they'll make a profit. But 
for this time, I don't really think the time is now to sell. I'd wait maybe, like I said, till at least the end of the summer. Then go for it because once, you know, things get going again, there there will be a crowd, even if it's small, that are going to want to go see WWE. So here's where I think their profit is, is, and I'm going to take a similar situation, but all right, so maybe maybe it's a similar situation, but not really. I'm going to compare it to Disney having The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. You buy it for the library. Now, granted, there are certainly times yes. like the Attitude Era and probably the Ruthless Aggression Era you move that to Hulu and there you go. There's your profit right there because now you're gaining, what is it? Um, till, uh, 1.5 million people or 2 million people that, Oh no, I don't have my WWE network. So how am I going to get my fix? Oh, Disney has it. There it is. Disney plus and Hulu. That's where I think their profit is. Now, as far as, the future of WWE and what they're going to content, they're going to create after this would all happen. If it does, uh, that's another story. I don't think that they run house shows, which is why I think this might be the best time to do it because they're not running house shows now because of this. And we've already established from, um, basically data and Josiah that mentioned that house shows have been losing money for like the past two or three years anyway. So why not cut them out? Maybe have some big events every once in a while. You also renegotiate the contracts of current wrestlers. And then that becomes lower because guess what? They're not working as much now. And that's where I think your profit comes in. Josiah or Bill chime in. Actually, Bill, because I just said that. Why don't you chime in as a response to my what I just said? Boy, I can't wait to see SmackDown at the MGM Studios every week. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're gonna watch it. <laughs> it would be like it'd be like WCW Saturday Night all over again. I know, right? <laughs> well, okay. Now to be fair though, if they do cut the the live house shows, that is gonna help the town body wise because yes. they're not going to be you know going out every week i would argue it's a safer um, i think yeah it is but i think the pay is going to be the problem because i don't know how much how many of them are going to be willing to take a pay cut i really don't know because like the younger guys the younger talent yeah i could i could see that but i'm thinking the more experienced people like uh, and and i'll use part-timers as an example since you use sure. you know the, the re- brock lester's not going to take a pay cut sure come on this sounds a lot like the wcw wwe merger it does it does um, but i mean like I, I don't know i mean and then they can decide if they want to earn more money or if they want to just stay at home or try UFC or whatever the fuck Brock Lesnar does. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse division uh-huh. oh, will uh, be in the <laughs> Instead Mars of a championship belt, you have to wear a pair of ears. <laughs> That'd be great. That would so, improve so many things on that show. 
I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I, I, I think it's right in line with some of the stuff they're doing. No. How dare you? Disney is way better than what the <laughs> fuck they're doing right now. Bill, come on, continue. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, okay, I, I okay. I'll agree with you on the the, the house shows. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But at the end of the day, with Raw, they're owned by or the channel that is. Or let I me mean, USA is owned by NBC Universal. Right. Do you really think Disney is going to want to deal with NBC over what you know? With Raw every week, they might pull Raw off USA and put them on another channel. Well, here's what here's what I say to that is I feel like that would be a and I get what you're saying. I do think that would be a small sacrifice, meaning theoretically, unless there's something written in the contracts that they can just kind of show old footage. Because if I remember correctly. When WWE first left the USA Network, the numbers at that channel went down. Yes. Like, it took them a long time to get back up. And then once they got WWE back, boom, they're like the number one channel on cable television. Well, that was the whole thing is they lost – they took WWE for – at that time, they took WWE for granted. And they were like, ah, we can – easily fill something up that will be just as successful they didn't and quite nope, frankly the, and quite the frankly they're not era. and quite frankly they're not going to find one in 2020 or 2021 when no. this happens so if anything i would say usa network and viacom need wwe wrestling more exactly. than WWE wrestling needs them, so therefore WWE and now their new owners Disney will now dictate the terms. I feel like I'm now arguing for Jim instead of arguing. Thank you. <laughs> Damn it! I win. It's like that. What was the what's okay. the Adam, what's the Adam Sandler movie where um a oh, Big Daddy where the little kid comes with the up with the game? I win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josiah, you want to add anything to this here? So, uh, so I actually have a theory. Uh, first, I don't think there's anything to the rumors of the sale right now. I'm just going to say that outright. I don't think it's time yet. Um, but I don't think it's going anywhere at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I I don't buy. Uh, I don't buy the story. Dutch? Dutch Mantel. <laughs> No, no. He's not going much uh, on this one. No. <laughs> uh, and I, I just don't, I can't see it right now, uh, especially where they're making as much money as they are. Um, now, strategically, this is where I would say the best time for Vince to sell will be just before those TV deals are up. Those TV deals are up in 2023. So we got about three more years. And... Every year, those TV deals escalate until Mm -hmm. renewal period. So they're going to be making more and more and more money on their TV uh, for the next three years. And I think if the ratings trend continues, they are going to be making a lot less money on those TV deals in three years. Unless somehow they still manage to stay in the top five on the demo 
which at this point that's probably going to be difficult the way things are dropping. Yeah. Um. I but right now it's cheap programming for both Fox and USA. And the money that they're paying, yes, it is an excessive amount of money. They may be able to justify it. Mm-hmm. So the time to sell would probably be in about two and a half years, just before those TV deals are, re- are renewed. And the stock bounces back a little bit. Unless, of course, the financials continue to trend down. But the stock is going to bounce back up a little bit once live crowds are back. Mm-hmm. Be- because there is going to be more operating income coming in. So the question for really becomes at that point is if Vince is to sell, when is the optimal time? When can you get the most for him? And personally, I think, especially after the XFL failed again, and it is gone, uh, I think Vince is going to double down on wrestling. I do not think. I, I do not think he's going to go. I, I think he's getting even more stubborn with it. And if he's going to sell, it is going to be before those TV deals are up in two or three years. Um, that would be the optimal time to sell because the value of the company is tied to those TV deals so closely. So if he sells it off before those deals are renewed, especially if he thinks that they're, they're not going to make enough money on the next when it renews. Because they will find someone to air it, but if it's for less money, that's going to hurt the company badly. Because that's where all their income is coming from right now. And so to sell it before that happens is the ideal time because the company will be making more money than it ever had in terms of revenue and profit. And you can maximize it and say, look how you can kind of cover the decline in the business by saying, look how much money we're making. And then sell it off before you stop making that kind of money. And I think Vince is a savvy enough businessman to know to do that. With that being said, Vince has always been open to negotiations. He has said this for years to selling the company. He said it on many investor calls. Mm. But this is his baby. And it's been his baby his whole life pretty much mm-hmm. uh, well not his whole life but you know he started working for his dad and it was abundantly clear at some point he was the heir apparent and he's he his father sold the company to him and all that kind of stuff and so since 1983 this company has been his and he's been building it uh aggressively probably at the expense of the rest of the wrestling business sure. for 40 years and uh, I just don't see him letting it go, at least not now. Um, not yet. I I would be more inclined to think that the company is sold when he dies than, uh, than before then. But yeah. if he sells, it will be within two and a half years, uh, more than likely probably closer to the latter end of that the and before those TV deals come up. That is my educator. But not... <laughs> uh, it will sell by the, by the summertime. Who knows? 
Um, maybe he wants out right now. I have no idea what's going on in Vince. I think he's an insane old man. Yeah. Who, who probably has CTE. I, I hate to say it, but from all the stuff, chair shots he took. Absolutely. Um, so who knows what he's going to do? I think for me, the thing is this, like, I'm thinking like, because he's, I, how old is he at this point? Over 70 at least, right? I think he's 74. Let me check. I mean, like, I'm looking him up right have, now. He can't possibly have that much time left. And I feel seventy four. And I feel I, I think that's the other aspect of this that I'm that I'm looking at. I'm like he doesn't have that much time left, so let he he might want to sell it off just because like, hey, I'll know what's happening with my company before I pass. And I think that's the other aspect of it that I probably didn't mention before. Um, Josiah, everything that you said is definitely valid. I. I can certainly see his stubbornness and not wanting to go, but at some point, like, I don't know. I just, I just, I guess I just feel like it's really leading towards that. And I don't know. Um, well, certainly, you know, so you, in my opinion, it couldn't be any worse. Um, both in terms of, Storyline, characters, yada yada, but even I feel like if it was sold to Disney or or Fox, that there would be like some kind of insurance. Maybe these people would finally be known as employees. I really don't know how that would work. Like I. If Disney were to buy them, I am uh, if if I'm almost confident they'll end up uh, with uh, uh, what's the the union um, actors? Oh, the Screen Actors Guild. I think that's probably what they'll end up as members of, with a like a, a special category for wrestling. Um, I would not be shocked if that's where they. At some point, if Disney bought them, and because Disney is uh, oh far better, right. thousand times better for the wrestlers, and and that that means every one of them would be making more money too. Um, they they would be because like uh with um teams make about fifty percent or the players make about fifty percent of what the revenue is, and in WWE they make four percent mm. of what the revenue is. Which is ridiculously low. Everyone is underpaid in that company. Everyone. Sure. According to the money that comes in, because they are making that company a lot more money than than uh, than they're getting paid. So uh, it's it's really hard to say where it all goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there is part of me that believes Vince is going to be there till the day he dies. Uh. But I'm, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, anything is possible. Like, I, I think if it's one thing we've learned in the last two years is with, with wrestling, is anything can happen. Uh, I, the formation of AEW was unheard of, let alone them making a profit mm-hmm. in nine months. Like, the, the business landscape has completely changed. 
uh, a, like AEW is putting pressure on them, and they are soundly beating uh, NXT every single week in the ratings except for once, and they've lost total viewership three times. Uh, I don't think I don't know. Like maybe Vince is just not doesn't want to go to war again. I after WCW, I really don't know, but this. Product is clearly on decline. Yes, it has been for tw- for twenty years. It has been uh, ever since they bought out WCW. The wrestling business has suffered, and it's been on the decline. We have had no viable alternative in North America until AEW. TNA. I'm just gonna say, yeah, T- TNA um, had had more going for them ratings wise than AEW. To be fair. But that's true. But they weren't making forty-eight million dollars a year for their TV product with an escalating deal like AEW is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of money. Uh, the Spike would pay part of the contracts for them, but they like they they weren't profitable uh, at all. And, sure. and, and they may have made a profit once, and it was after Joe versus Angle, the first Joe versus. 66,000 buys. The problem with TNA was they were drawing a, a good size audience, certainly, uh, you know, 1.5 million viewers a week, something like that. But they can never convert it into buys for pay-per-views. No, I agree with that, sure. They I'm can gonna, never convert it into paying customers. I'm just saying that ratings-wise, so, like I said, they are actually technically doing better than AEW. But you're right, AEW has the actual TV deal that will carry them for, yep. what did you say, four years. So, Look, four, I, four I, years with a fifth-year option. Well, so I agree with you with that. I'm just saying, ratings-wise, they actually did do better. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. And that is fair. And I'm not d- discounting the things that TNA did well. I mean, they they helped get uh, AJ Styles to New Japan. Uh, I mean, that's where he went after there, and he became an even bigger star, which got the attention of WWE. So, right. And then they, I and mean, I think he was at it, some point. I think he was supposed to come back to Impact at, at some point. After New Japan. Uh, he, he was in negotiations with Impact, New Japan, and WWE. Right, and then all he went to WWE time. for the worst Royal Rumble in the history yeah. of Royal Rumbles, 2016. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my opinion. Uh, I know Bill hates the yeah. 2015, or I don't know, Bill. You feel I feel like you were more angry about the 1996 Royal Rumble. I was more angry about 96, but I think 16 was the worst one. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was the, the, in my opinion, it was the worst ones. It was very poorly booked. <laughs> it didn't, sorry, it didn't make but, any fucking uh, sense. That was the yeah. problem with it. It's like, the, the same guy that saw Steve Austin go out in an ambulance in 1999 and come back and still be in the Royal Rumble match was like, no. Nah, Roman's out, even though there's not even an ambulance here. Like, why weren't you prepared for that? I really think the best option that Rumble would have been Roman coming out with J&J security, dragging dragging them by the feet, and he's still attached to the backboard on a stretcher, and he has, like, an other guy by one arm, and he's, like, lifting him over his head like a security guard handcuffed to him. <laughs> and it was, like, it was abundantly clear they didn't want him in the Rumble. And he, he comes out dragging the corpse of Jamie Noble with him. <laughs> you know, like, that that would have been awesome. 
because uh, you know it's like he killed like four guys to get back out there, and I mean, it shows he was trying to fight. To get out there. But I mean, it would it had to that would have worked better. It would I mean anything would have been better than the freaking R Truth spot in that entire match. I'm still angry about that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you I know you're in the Royal Rumble match. Get out of here. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, he pulls I, it a louder. What a fucking moron. Look, okay. So anyway, we're getting off track here because yes, now so, I'm getting angry about 2016 again. So go ahead. Continue. It 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 in summary, I don't think he's going to sell, but nothing's impossible. All right. Here's my second question. You just I. Do you want him to sell? Ooh. Hmm. I am very mixed on that. I don't think he's the guy to be running the company anymore. Just based on everything that we've seen. Uh, mainly, I, I think he can run the business aspect of it. Let him run that stuff. But get him away from booking and creative. Mm-hmm. Just get him away from creative. Uh, and let let uh, Hunter bring in his people um, because I, I have much more, more faith in Triple H's booking than I do uh, Vince's at this point. Uh, and NXT has been very, they've hot shot it a lot against AEW, but even then their booking is still more consistent than the main roster. And uh, I think it would be probably be a better show if he structured the shows a bit more like he did with NXT. Uh, and, I'm going to be honest, I know they're t- getting the money for it, but I think Triple H might even say to the USA, we need to bring Raw back to two hours and uh, that kind of stuff. But it's really hard to say. Um, personally, I think the company will probably be better off without him in creative. Okay. I don't know about running it from a business aspect because I would have thought uh, George Barrios was going to be the one who took over and st- stepped down as the C- CEO. And Triple H would have stepped into the full creative role. And it would have been fine because George Berrios was working with Vince for 10 years. He knew he knew how the business side of this company worked. He was a huge reason why they're making the money they are right now. And then, of course, Vince fired him. Uh, but well, what was George, wait, hold on. Like, what, was George, what was George Berrios' role? Like, what did he do? He was a co-president of the company. But with, like, I mean, um, like, what is what did he really push for? That's, I guess that's what I'm asking. Uh, t- the TV deals he, that they got was oh, okay. a hugely. Yeah. No, you're right. Camp. The TV deal was. Uh, and he, he he was a part of the getting the Saudi deal happening, which uh, like morally that's a huge deal. Reprehensible. I, I mean, I but, feel but like, it's a huge deal financially. Absolutely, I don't think anyone should deny and, that, even though even though people are like, oh. What? Why now they gotta go to Saudi Arabia? It was the it was a huge deal. That's like a big, honestly, I would say the Saudi Arabia show is probably a a bigger money maker than WrestleMania. It is. It is. It is. It, it makes them uh, fifty to fifty five million a pop. Exactly. For a show. So of and course it's I a lot. Why well, if 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 the Saudis pay them on time which right. they don't always <laughs> yeah right okay <laughs> uh but the so that's that's part of the problem there Crown but Jewel, um, better yeah. than wrestlemania and actually i probably agree. uh barrios and wilson uh michelle wilson she was also a co-president and her and barrios also 
They're the reason why the WWE Network exists. Their idea but was we failure. need to. Get, you can't really judge that. Well, well, I think it's only a failure because Vince lacked the vision to go through with it, and he fought them at every every. Uh, like what would what, every time mean, they wanted to do something? I mean, I've talked about maybe with Bill. I don't remember if I've talked to him or just general friends with this, but like I'm like, what even makes that a success? What for people? Because I know people are like, oh, WWE was success. No, it's not. Number one, what are you no. looking? What are you looking to get from it? Number one, you have you didn't expand your fan base. That's number one. Uh, you shrunk it. Sorry, what? You shrunk the fan base. You shrunk the fan base, right? Okay. You didn't expand it. Number one, yeah, yeah, you didn't expand the fan base. Were any non-wrestling fans watching because of the WWE Network? No. And also, you're losing money because I don't know. I still don't understand why that this is happening. They continue to put original programming that no one gives a fuck about outside of actual wrestling. Like the, the, the latest one I think I saw was the, uh, the, um, oh, what was it? The Kobe Bryant ripoff. Um, oh, fuck. What's the name of it? The Undertaker's last ride. Oh yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Tell me that yeah. didn't come for fucking Kobe Bryant. Now, um, but it's not his last start. Probably, I guarantee you this old man is going to be wrestling again within the next year. The thing is, it's probably it's probably an excellent documentary uh, because the, the people who produce the documentaries for them are fantastic. They, they do a wonderful job. They're the ones who, they're the ones who should be producing their TV <laughs> with the way they tell their stories. But, that, but okay. like the, the WWE 24 series, I find that stuff. They were very well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the thing with that, the only people who are going to watch... Right. But uh, you cut, you cut off uh, the network say, has... Josiah, you cut off a little oh, bit. What did you say? Sorry. The only... Sorry. Uh, the ones who are going to be watching that are the wrestling fans. You're right. Yes. But, but the thing is... Uh, Work, they were starting to make a profit before the creative went to crap and the numbers started going to down. Going down, there was a point where they had 1.7 million subscribers, and it was making them not as much as pay per view was, but it was making them a solid profit. And I think if they invested better in the network and had a better strategy for it than they did, and then just put everything out there with no rhyme or reason and they didn't even launch with Nitro on there. It was like WCW Nitro, that is. And that's what part of what people wanted to see. And some of the stuff they promised wasn't available right away. Some of it wasn't available for years. And really, they should have had the majority of their library ready to go before they even launched this thing. And they should have done specials. They should have aired highlights from old shows to promote it. They should have had wrestlers like commentate on their favorite matches from the past every now and then just a five minute clip or a two minute clip, man, I love this match. And and, and you can have John Cena marking out to a match with Bret Hart or something like that. Like the, there's a thousand different things they could have done to promote this network other than you're an idiot for pi- buying pay-per-views by for nine ninety nine, <laughs> which is what they literally did. Right. They, they, they had JBL, they had JBL hold up a sign that said fifty nine ninety nine. 
or nine ninety nine, implying that you're an idiot for the pay per view. And and here's the funny thing, there was enough. There's there was like thirty five thousand people buying the pay per views every month. Still, that's a lot of oh, money, they, man. Pay per view still. Did I, I didn't tell. And I, they were insulting the Utah Rockets. Did I, you've heard the story about my cousin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yep. he was about to buy, and I was like, why are you doing it? Just pay $10, and you get, like, a whole month free. But, by the way, don't forget to cancel it, like, two weeks in, <laughs> just to be sure. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why people still buy it. Like, <sighs> but then again, I also don't understand. I don't understand why WWE continues to roll out original programming. Because and, none well, of and those, none of those. It's expensive, too. Exactly. You're paying, like, people look in, and they're like, oh. It's just a couple of guys talking. No, you're also paying for to get the guys there for production reasons. You're probably putting in some money for cameras and people's time for the editing of what you want to be shown. No, it's not inexpensive. And I guarantee you, if WWE Network started not doing original programming, and again, I think, Bill, I told you this, I'm like convinced that if they just put a piece of shit during their live feed, that maybe 10 people would unsubscribe. But that's it. The the funny thing about that, too, is that um, we talking like, – I think I don't think you're wrong. Um, Thank you. When they moved uh, NXT to USA, that basically was the nail – the first nail in the coffin for that's the network. Point. That's a good point. Because, uh, because it's abundantly clear what happened. On on the network, there was probably, if you're lucky, about 300,000 people watching NXT. It was probably less than that. Because you're not going to have all 1.5 million subscribers or whatever it is now. I think it's 1.2. Uh, that's internationally included. Not all of those subscribers are going to watch NXT. Um, most just watch the pay-per-views, but for the ones who do, they don't need the network anymore because it's on USA for free. Right, and and it, and, and it becomes a fact. Now, don't forget about that. But it's also shown on Hulu still. I'm almost sure about that. Yeah, and that, that's that's a huge part of it, right there. That that killed the network yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like I would, I I think that could have accounted for the two hundred thousand less people, and I, it's just they made so many poor decisions because they were so eager to fight AEW and take viewers from AEW. Right, there's that they're they part of the problem. Absolutely. they 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 harm their own network to do it, and and they're going to be. Who hear that and they're like, oh no, that, that AEW started the war. No, TNT put them on on Wednesday nights. Yes, because that was the only night available to them because they had basketball on Tuesdays and things like that. And they weren't going to put them on Mondays because Monday night football and they didn't want to compete with Raw. Fine, Wednesday night was their best night for them. Mm, so TNT put it there. NXT was on the network, and people said, oh, it will work forever. No, it wasn't. This deal came together like in less than a week. Vince put NXT on USA before he could even go to two hours with it. He went to two hours because AEW is two hours. He put it on USA. He put it on USA so quick 
basically he didn't realize there was still two weeks of the TV show. I think it was uh, Blue Bloods. It was another show. Well, anyway, some show. Suits. The finale is Suits. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and, and it was the series finale of Suits, the last two weeks of it. And they moved it to USA so quick that they can only put one hour on TV and one hour on the network, which also mm-hmm. hurt the show in the ratings. And it hurt the show on the network because it split the audience um, because not everyone who watches on TV gets the network. Right. And anyways, they made these decisions and it just came together so fast that we didn't even know how much money they were making of NXT. And it's pretty much pennies compared to the other stuff. They're making, I think it's $25 million a year mm-hmm. on NXT, which is fine. Like, that's not just anything to sneeze at, but it's – and it's cheap programming because it's filmed in full sale. But, um, like, all the decisions around that, they didn't have to move it off the network. They didn't have to go to two hours. Yeah, I hate when they people kept say pre- that. I hate when people are like, well, we've always been on Wednesday. It's like, yeah, you were on Wednesday, but you, like, taped, like, three or four episodes in one night. And AEW just wants to run from eight to, uh, from eight to ten like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You you were probably airing your other show, I think, at like 10 o'clock. So don't fucking say that shit. Like, the, the, the whole, whole purpose of them going live uh, was to take viewers away from AEW. Absolutely. And and I'm pretty sure Vince doesn't care if NXT's dying in the ratings very much. Uh, I mean, it is, and he, does he, he likes he doesn't. winning. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't. Uh, but 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 in this case, it is doing its job. It is taking viewers from um, from AEW, and it has from the very beginning. And I mean, but it also revealed too, WWE is not as popular as uh, as they thought it was. Like they thought NXT was this big, big hot and cool thing, and it's getting killed every week in the rating. Right. So. Really, what it comes down to, I think, is Vince made a lot of short-sighted decisions to cannibalize the network. And that's the things that Barrios and Wilson disagreed with him about. Mm. And they were looking to reinvest in it, put tears on the network, and all these kinds of things to uh, to enhance profitability. And they were looking to give more value to the customer. So if you paid fourteen ninety nine, you get ten indie promotions with WWE. I love the tier network idea. And, I loved it. And you know what? You know what I feel like it's a great idea. And you know what I feel like they should have done. And just I, I don't I don't think I've ever run this by you. So I'm I'm probably ran it by Bill. Um, and by the way, Bill, I do want you to chime in here after I talk here about the. Uh, um, uh, about the, um, you know, you know what we were all talking about here. Uh, I've always felt that. How do I? Say, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. So we like we've been talking about the the streaming and the network and all that. It's the tiers. I feel like the free tier should just be what they're calendar is meaning mm-hmm. like all right let's say i sign up for the free network um it should be what my like basically oh you want to watch wcw bash at the beach 1996 oh cool that'll be on this wednesday at 3 p.m, at 3 p.m. 
Right. Yeah. Because what that also does is, are people going to make the extra effort to watch that program? And then what that also does on WWE side is it tells them, oh, more people are watching this, so mm-hmm. this should be a higher rate. Yeah, and 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 you can say, hey, if more people are watching this, let's do a special on this show that you can only get if you pay for the first year. Like, try to ease them into it. And uh, I think that would be a good way to try to catch viewers and monotonize it. And that would be a good way to keep the the audience uh, invested in what is happening. Like, and I really think like they underutilize WCW and ECW uh, and all the other stuff they have. Uh, WCCW, uh, they had AWA stuff and all that. But yeah, but uh, say we get fucking Southpaw wrestling. Yeah, oh, I do. Uh, to be honest, I had fun with that, I but didn't. I didn't. I watched one episode <laughs> and I was like, I'm uh, fucking done. Well, it was actually really funny because uh, when I watched it, I watched both seasons and I thought they're building to a show I will never see, and it's better built than any WWE show I've seen in months. <laughs> like the storyline, at least, was consistent and building to a pay per view that never happened. <laughs> uh, but I, I had fun with it, but. I I think they could have utilized their library and and still should utilize it in better ways. Like Raw has three hours. Take 10 minutes and show some clips from a a cruiserweight match on WCW and to say the legacy lives on on 205 Live. You know, it's not – these are just so easy, and they're not doing stuff like that. And, like, would it really be that hard to show a highlight video of Rey Mysterio from 20 years ago and then show him doing the same stuff today and say, look at this, Rey is still one of the best in the world. Like, I mean, even with Goldberg, I know you don't like Goldberg, but it would have been so easy to promote him better by showing some of his matches, like some of the squash matches. Um, for the You had the Hall of Fame idea the last time we talked. And I would have absolutely thought that Hall of Fame idea was a great idea with uh, having the the wrestlers uh, or airing classic matches of the Hall of Famers so you get to know them and then air their speeches and those kinds of things. There's so many different things they could have done to to promote this network and build that number, and they just did none of it. And I look at how New Japan on New Japan World, obviously it's a much smaller scale – but they're promoting their classic content. Every week they have Kevin Kelly introducing a new match. They have him doing commentary for old matches. They have comprehensive history videos of every major storyline the company has ever done. And it's like you go there and you can catch up with New Japan if you watch the documentaries. And they have a a Bullet Club documentary, just History of the Bullet Club. It's free on YouTube. Uh, not just New Japan World. You can look it up free on YouTube, and it tells you the entire history of the Bullet Club from when Prince David, uh, Finn Balor, formed it, right until today when they kicked out Kenny Omega, and now it's led by Jay White. Like, and they do this stuff to to promote, and New Japan World's numbers has slowly been ticking up, and they went from you know they had about thirty thousand subscribers. 
and now I think there are like 240,000, 250,000 subscribers. And every year they are showing a year-by-year increase. And uh, it's just evident that New Japan is doing a wonderful job with their own network uh, of being able to build up and, and convert customers to paying. All right. So mm-hmm. um, as we're uh, we're winding this down, um, like I said, we talked a lot about COVID. We talked a lot about, you know, the future of WWE and AEW and um, the possible sale for WWE. Again, I'd love to be for him. I, I, you know, I say that, but like, God, I feel like ESPN and God, it, it would actually be way worse. But if they, like, treat it like it's a movie or a TV show, like the Disney side of things, I think it would be way better. So I'm kind of torn on that. Uh, you got to I think they need to be really smart and bring in the right wrestling people to to run the company if they buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, because... If you don't understand pro wrestling, you're going to end up with what happened with WCW in the early 90s, where the people running it were just corporate suits who thought they didn't understand wrestling at all. Uh, And they kept doing horrific decisions like thinking, well, we're paying Ric Flair too much. Let's send him to the WWF. Mm. That did not go well for them. No. (laughs) But at the same time, I also don't want him to hire something, someone like Jim Cornette either. No, no, uh, no, no, goodness, no. Talk about uh, like, I mean, that d- Dark Side of the Ring, Bill. I um, God, I I was so freaking mad at Jim Cornette during that episode. <laughs> I was like, are you? Fu-? I'm like, these fucking lower card guys aren't doing anything. Why not do this? And the only reason it failed is because. You're because they were like, oh, let's have him go against a real fighter now. Of course, that was what was going to happen. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. The brawl for all is one of the most stupid things you've uh, just ever. You and know what? I disagree with you. I disagree with you. Let's debate it right now. Let's do it. Okay. Why? They weren't doing shit. Fair. This is their opportunity. Listen to me. This was their opportunity to do something. And it's not their fault that the reward was bullshit at the end. We're like, well, we told you we we're going to fight Steve Austin, but you know what? We're going to actually fight you against a real fighter now. Yeah, and that that that's is the most only definitely reason, not that's, Mark Gunn's fault. That's the only reason why it wasn't successful. Jim Ross goes on there like, well, it didn't make anybody. Of course it did, because you made sure, not Jim Ross, it's whoever was in charge. Vince. Vince, uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon. Made sure that the person that won it, unless it was Dr. Death, did, no one got over. That's why. Yep. You could have easily pushed Bart Gunn as the next upcoming weeks as knockout left hook Bart Gunn and... That would have been a formidable foe for Austin, and you could have had a program. Could it have been a long-term least, program? No. But you know what? It would have been at least one fucking program. At least try. Thank you. The yes. guy was getting pops. 
And then they took him off TV for like four months for him to train in real boxing to fight Butterbean because they had the audacity to think he could actually win against a guy with real boxing training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not. And you know what? The other thing that normally is because like fucking Jim Cornette was a tantrum during it. He, I'm like, Jim. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Mark Merrow not being on your house shows like that big of a detriment? Is <laughs> is Phineas? Uh, no, no, no. I think it was Henry Godwin. Is um, Mark Canterbury that big of a detriment on your house shows? Get out, to get be honest, I, yourself. Fuck you. The the only thing the only thing I thought was that the guys just got hurt and they it could have been avoided. But that is that's the, the minimal of the story. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are you, what are you gonna do? You just gonna let him, let him sit there for the? Are you gonna let him sit there the whole time and just have no hopes and no dreams? Is that what you would prefer? I would have just let them be booked as standard carters as they had been. But that's um, not what they were doing, no. Because oh, can you tell me like the last time Darren Drozdov at that period of time did something? Yeah, like, well, her next idea for draws was um, LOD 2000, but that did not work. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's like, I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't think putting them in shoot fights was a good idea mm-hmm. for, the, for, the, for the safety of the, of the wrestlers. As opposed to nothing. Uh, yeah, and, and, and well, part of it is, too, that it shows that they had no real care for the safety of the wrestlers anyways. And, I mean, if anyone who's filing a concussion lawsuit against that company goes back and watches that you're going to see guys get concussed from being punched in the face and getting knocked out. Yeah. You're going to see guys getting concussed from chair shots to the head. Like I, all I think, I think it shows the pattern of not caring about the wrestlers. Now what you can argue from a, a booking perspective, they weren't doing anything with them. So it's something they can do. That's fine. But I think it showed a, a larger pattern of the company where they just simply did not care about their performers at all. And all they cared about was making money. And that has really been demonstrated to today. They, that's still all they care about. They do not care about the health of the performers. And, I mean, uh, today I saw a GIF, someone put a GIF up of a sickening chair shot that Chris Benoit took from Triple H. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And it was and it was scary. Like he hit him right in the back of the head with a chair, and it was just like. But this is stuff they did all the time back then. Right, and like I said, I'm gonna stand by the side like, of like I'm not their mother or their father. So if as long as it's agreed between the two parties, I'm okay with it. Some of them, some of them didn't want to do it, but felt forced to. Well, look, if they didn't uh, want to do it, then I then you, I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna pick out specific examples here, but then yeah, that was wrong. But if mm-hmm. they both agreed to it, then I'm okay with it. I, don't, I mean, I, I, mean don't know, I don't know these people from Adam and Eve. Where have they been contacting me? How am I doing with COVID nineteen? Bring it all back to that now. Mm-hmm. And and for me, that's more my and maybe maybe it's just. Even then, it could be a, like a, a slight a slight difference in philosophy and things, and which is fine. Absolutely, we def- there's a, I definitely uh, no problem there. That we definitely agree on that, <laughs> or disagree on that. Uh, and 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 that's okay. Like uh, that really is okay. 
Uh, I, but in, in my opinion, a company should do everything they can to protect their workers as best they can. And I just, it just seemed like a blatant disregard for the health of the performers. And don't get me wrong. Sure, for some of them, it may have, I mean, it was something to do. But I'm pretty sure you can probably think up better things if you took five seconds to think of a few for them. I don't think a Mark Canterbury versus Darren Dawes love match regularly will beat a Conan versus Six match. That's all I'm saying. Probably not. And Conan versus Six would actually be a really good match. <laughs> I don't think it's actually happened now that I'm thinking about it. That, that would... That would have not been bad. Both guys in their prime. That, mm-hmm. would, that would have been a pretty good match. Uh, Six was an excellent worker, and Conan saying, was you know, not yeah, bad. Yeah, what I'm saying, though, is like Conan and Six were both kind of established guys. They've gotten a story, and these guys well, kind of have in, and But, like, at the same time, you only – again, you, I don't remember if this was the days that Nitro was three hours, and even if it was, it really doesn't matter, I guess. But you're – like, what would you have done? That's the whole thing. So I'm like, that's the whole thing I was thinking of during the whole Brawl for All episode of De- uh, Dark Side of the Rose. Like, okay, Jim, what the fuck would you have done? That's a valid question to you, and that's something they should have probed. They should have asked him, what would you have done instead? And I get it. And, it's only like a 40-minute episode, so I kind of get you You have your limitations, because trust me, I actually, I did not like the... Not that I didn't like, but I was not thrilled with the Benoit episodes at all. Um, I think they definitely should have went more into the Nancy-Chris relationship because Nancy was very abusive to him in the messages, and they kind of browsed through it just through, like, what Regal said, apparently, or what, like, his Regal apparently Mm. lived in the area. I'm like... Obviously, I can see this documentary is probably geared more towards making Nancy look like an angel because her sister's on here, but, like, I don't know. Something didn't sit right to me there. If you want a real look at the Chris Benoit thing, I would suggest the Laps Fan Podcast. I'm just going to say that right now. I, I would suggest that and the Observer. Yes. Well, Read the Observer's To be it. fair, the Laps Fan Podcast does talk <laughs> about the Observer a lot, so I'm with Yeah, that, that is... That's where they get it. It's uh, John Pollock, I believe. Is uh, it? I don't remember. I haven't listened to it in a while, but that sounds probably about I'm going to look at it. Um, uh, laps. Bill, what are your thoughts on all this? Yes. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think there should have been more on Nancy with, with the Benoit episode. Because she was really abusive to him, really, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. Like and and the observer really did, did so much coverage on that. I think it was like a month in a row of like Benoit, 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 Benoit. That you know, if there was anything else news wise, it was very short, unless it was like a pay per view. Alright, and where do you slide on the brawl for all issue? Oh jeez. <laughs> I, I don't think. Okay. Here's the thing. Is it one of the worst ideas ever? Yeah, it is. Is it the worst idea ever? No. I think there is. There's oh, probably far worse. Stuff. Yeah. Um. I think 
what it was is, and, and I think it showed in that episode, it was just Vince Russo being pissed off at one guy, which <laughs> was Bradshaw. Which is fair to be and honest because he, like, he seems like an asshole. It is. <laughs> One of the few times I agree with Vince Russo. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to do a tournament just to piss Bradshaw off and see his ass get kicked. You're right. That is, that so, is the only thing I don't really agree is, like, why it was started. Like, I'm all about, like, hey, we have all these lower card guys. Let's do something with them. Go ahead, Bill. Like, you probably could have done another kind of tournament, but not you know, what would be MMA. Mm-hmm. You could have done something. Also, what I learned from that is apparently Darren Drozov got ripped off because apparently one of his things was a takedown and they I still have that. watched that fight. And that was against Bradshaw, wasn't it? Yeah. You know what's crazy, Bill? I, I, I'm sorry, Josiah. I'm going to sidebar here with Bill. What's crazy, That's all right. What's crazy, Bill, is that, like, during our eliminated podcast, uh, eliminated Royal Rumble podcast, it's so clear throughout the years how much of a hard on this company has had for Bradshaw, even though shit <laughs> wasn't, wor- even though it wasn't working. Like, think about it. Yeah. He was Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Then they tried Blackjack Bradshaw. Like, you know what? No, we got to get this guy over. And then he became yep. the Acolyte Bradshaw, which finally started working, which would eventually lead him to JBL. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, if only one-fourth of the talents got so many chances as, uh, as Bradshaw did. That's true. All right, Josiah, you're back in. Yeah. What's up? So the first off, he pushed Bradshaw because, oh, he's big, damn it! <laughs> But he's not that uh, big. He's not like Big Show came big. No, he's he's like six four though. Uh, but well, and part of it, well, part oh yeah, Bradshaw's very tall. Um, but with that being said, I think Vince saw himself in Bradshaw. I think so too. he's a bully, and Vince, I all he's bullies. Is he's a bully? That's why he loves uh, Shawn Michaels. Vince himself. Although it's funny, he loves Sean a lot more after his return. Because Sean actually, oh yeah, because um, Sean was a headache for him. He loved Sean, but Sean was a huge headache because he had to deal with Sean's drama every day. Hmm. (laughs) Like every day. And uh, when he came back, Sean, not a bit of drama around Sean. The only time was when uh, Hogan didn't want a job to him. Well, that makes sense. And, like, that was the only thing. And uh, Sean never refused a job to anyone. He didn't cause any problems backstage after that. Zero issues. Didn't get in fights and bars because he didn't drink anymore. <laughs> All this kind of stuff. Hey, Joe, so, can, can I ask he's, you? Uh, hmm. Okay, here's all I want to ask you. Just because you bring up Shawn Michaels and Oak Hogan, and I know that you're a pastor, so I think you might know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the Shawn Michaels and God versus Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon? Uh, uh, you may have asked me this before. I don't um, think I have. Definitely asked you about the King I of Kings was... thing, which I feel like you should be more offended You should be more offended about that. I, I just 
thought it was really dumb. I thought I that's really like I was I was mildly offended, but it was just like, what are you doing? Like Vince, why are you doing this? This is stupid. This is really dumb. Although uh, I really laughed at the promo in the church where Vince dared God to strike him down and then Shane shuffled to the oh, side. Yes. That I I laughed so hard because that means they were somewhat self-aware there. Um, like, and I can guarantee you Vince probably came up with that himself. Um, I I just thought it was stupid, and I think it it showed Vince's arrogance. Uh, I didn't find it offend- offensive more than just really dumb. All right, that's fair. Um, Bill, so wait, what were we talking about before this? I, I, I for some reason, when you mentioned Shawn Michaels, I was like, oh, I forgot to ask about Josiah about the friggin' oh, Josiah, the right. Shawn Michaels God oh, thing. Brad, like the push of Bradshaw and how. Oh my God! Like well, WWE, how determined were they? Jesus. Man, it's amazing to me because you know what, Bill? I have a feeling I wouldn't have caught that if we weren't doing every Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, yeah, they tried with Bradshaw and then they tried one more time and that was it. But no, they tried Justin Hawk Bradshaw, they tried Blackjack Bradshaw, they tried Acolyte Bradshaw, and then they're like, oh, we finally got something here. Let's push him. Um, with the APA, yeah. Yeah, with the which is uh, granted the APA was definitely over. I will not doubt that at all. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will doubt that friggin' John Bradshaw Layfield was over at the time when he beat Eddie Guerrero. Certainly argue that. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, I found the Laps fan when it wasn't guy, the guys I thought it was hosting it, but yes, I do know the Laps fan, and they are quality. I love and Lass. Uh, they, yeah, they are fantastic, I and they go Lass through all the services. They also, Dave Meltzer does stuff with them frequently as well. Right. They have him as a guest. The Starcade so. and WrestleMania. Uh, yes, uh, hit those Starcade and WrestleMania reviews were fantastic, and uh, it's just interesting to go through the the history. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they they cover the history of wrestling really really well. Well, the thing I like about the Laps fan, I'm not going to go too much to make this a fan a fan of Laps fan podcast here, but the thing I like about them is they bring out all sides. In that, like, even mm-hmm. if it sounds like it's complete nonsense, they'll be like, "Well, this is what Diana Hart brought up," like you know, um. Which, well, they're just trying to tell the story, period. Exactly, and that's what I didn't really appreciate that much about the Dark Side of the Ring, the Benoit episodes, because I was like, it feels like there's so much left out of this, and I don't know if I like mm-hmm. it. Which is why I actually like the New Jack episode better, and the Brawl for All. You know. Um, that's fair. You know. Uh, Bill... Anything you want to bring up before we get out of here? No. <coughs> Josiah, anything with you? No, I'm good. No, I, I'm good too. Uh, other than, other than, I just hope you guys stay safe. Uh, everyone out there listening, and uh, Bill, Bill and Jim as well. Who knows? I'll never stay safe at this point. With what's <laughs> going on right now in the United States and. 
New York and New Jersey. I'm not going to stay safe. I don't want me to stay safe at this. I've already established that the country's going <coughs> to open up. They're not going to care. And now you know what? I'm going to go outside and I'm going to cough on everyone. That's what's happening at this point. <laughs> Drive north and, uh, and claim a uh, claim, uh, refugee status. <laughs> there you go, refugee <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, you know what's funny? The best is so I watched. Um, do either of you have Disney Plus? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still do. Josiah. Yes. Did you see that they put out um, for The Simpsons Maggie's play date or something like that? Yeah, I want to see that. It was really good. So basically what happened was I watched that because I was interested and I was like, oh, this was actually really good. Then they Disney pushed out that, I don't know, like two or three weeks ago, they were like, hey, did you like uh, Maggie's play date thing? Well, excuse me, we're going to pick it up this Sunday on The Simpsons. And that was... Probably the first Simpsons episodes I've watched since the 90s. And hmm. but my point is, is that the intro, one of the things was, and I don't remember if it was like pigeons or something like that. There was like a banner of someone saying, uh, forward, to Ca- forward to Canada because of everything that's happening with this COVID-19. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. I'm like, yep, send me over there. Here we go. If my family wasn't here, who knows? Um, but I thought that was really funny. Props to Disney. I, I do find. <clears throat> Good. I, I love The Simpsons. I still love The Simpsons. Props to Disney for making me care about The Simpsons since the 90s. Actually, that's not that true. That's not that true, because I did watch the Simpsons movie when it came out. I feel like that was, like, mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Bill, why don't you give us some final uh, plugs? At, oh, no, no, Josiah first. Sorry, Josiah, give us some final plugs, and let's head out of here. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WR underscore Central, uh, where I tweet about wrestling a lot, and occasional other things to, uh, touching on you know wealth life in general and uh but mostly wrestling uh you can also uh read my stuff at dailyddt.com and wrestlingobserver.com slash figure four online.com or f4wonline.com and uh that's really about it uh i plan on doing stuff with my twitch channel eventually uh, setting up a bit of a streaming place a studio for myself. Uh, and maybe I'll be doing a little bit more wrestling reviews and stuff like that. Uh, just of classic matches, those kinds of things. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitch as well at WR underscore central. I want you to review the gimmick battle roll from WrestleMania X7, which I was at. I, uh, oh, really? Okay. Well, I've been to a lot of WrestleManias, believe it or not. I may I review the entire show. I've been to, what was it? Um, wait. 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 2017, 20, wow. 24. That's awesome. I mean, they were That's all, fantastic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, if you ever want a in-perspective, because for whatever reason, I think it's because I keep telling stories from them on podcasts, as Bill probably knows, like, 
I think that's how I yep. actually remember them. It's because I keep telling it over and over again. Hey, you know what? I might I might have to uh, hit you up on that because uh, I will certainly be interested in in reviewing some WrestleManias and stuff like that. Sure. I can um, tell you right now the only I, the, so yeah. the only one I've actually seen on is WrestleMania 11, which is okay. Which you can see me. Was it shaking hands with Diesel? I think that's what it was. I mean, oh, barely, cool. barely, because, <clears throat> I, which makes sense now. I didn't understand it then, but it makes sense now. But, like, that was when, like, nobody really wanted to go to a WWE event. So they moved us down to a better seat. And hmm. so that better <laughs> seat was by the barricade. That's awesome. And I remember being That's fantastic. fucking thrilled by it. And I also remember that... Shawn Michaels being an asshole at WrestleMania 12. So, whatever. In the in the yeah. elevator. In the elevator. Because yes. we stayed at... Oh, like, in the elevator. Yeah, where we were, like, in where the wrestlers were. And I remember, like, I, as a kid, I would, like, want to explore and try to find wrestlers, if I can record correctly. And... At one point, I think I went to, like, you know, one of the higher levels, like level, you know, 14 or something like that. And I heard The Undertaker's song, and I got scared, and then went back down. (laughs) Which, looking back at it, all it probably was was that was the audition room, where they were probably practicing, like, recordings or something like that. But whatever. Mm. Who cares? Bill, give your final plugs. Cool. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Check out my podcast. That wrestling show comes out each and every Friday. Oh wait, you're li- you're supposed to be last. I'm sorry. Yeah. What? Right. Hey, what do you already do? did my plugs. So go right, ahead. So, so, no, see, so what we're gonna do. Bill, what do you have going on on that wrestling show this coming week? Because this is gonna come out on either today Cinco de Mayo or tomorrow because it's so late right now. So you might not be able right. to close it until later. Well, um, besides making our predictions for Money in the Bank, uh, Fro and I, the last few weeks, we've done some lists. This week, we're going to come out with our list of our five favorite storylines. Ooh, sounds fun. I, you know what, Bill? One of you two better bring up. It was me. It was me, Austin. Yeah. It was me all along. Anyway. Have even, to wait even, and see. Even though, technically, <laughs> look, if you look back at that, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> oh, none at all. Not, none at all. Not at all. <laughs> but I remember. The original plan was Christopher Daniels. Was it? Christopher Daniels was. Yep. Christopher Daniels was the original plan. Crazy. They had him. They, they had him signed under contract as a conquistador, and he was working under a mask until that was supposed to be revealed. And then they changed plans. <laughs> That's a big. Th- this is a big thing with my friends because I remember at the time, like any time there was some kind of swerve, like oh, he's actually aligned with my other friend. He, they be. We would all be like, it was me all along. <laughs> I still use that gif all the time. Says, all right, top five storylines. You know what, Bill? I'll be listening and I'll be criticizing you afterwards. Um, All right. For me, look, now that's what I call podcasting. Now that's podcasting.com. Hey, 
we're adding into the archives. We just put now that's what I call podcasting three up, which features Smash Mouth's All Star and lots of other songs. I'm trying to remember what the other songs are. Um, look, this was recorded four years ago. I'm just putting archives up now. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, Bill, I think you're on the next set of archives, which is now four. Do you even? Hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Bill. Do you even remember what we talked about on now four? <laughs> no. <laughs> which if, if I saw the track listing, I might remember. All right. Well, now three features songs like, um, uh, Fat Boy Slim, Rockefeller Skank. R. Kelly, if I could turn back the hands of time, and this was before R. Kelly was in a lot of controversy. Uh, 98 Degrees, The Hardest Thing, and Britney Spears sometimes. So, yeah, very, very fun. Uh, Now 4 is going to come out, I don't know, probably in the upcoming weeks. You know, I would ask Bill what he remembers from it, but obviously it's nothing. So, (laughs) Anyway, that's podcasting. Oh. Anyway, that's podcasting. Would this have been, would that have been one where Manny Kravitz was on? Oh well, what in those early years, what album wasn't Lenny Kravitz on? Is probably the more. That's very good. <laughs> Hold on. I'll that is it. Very, yeah. Dude, I, it's so funny listening back to these because I'm like, at first I'm like, oh, it's Lenny Kravitz, and then like by now eight, I'm like, this fucking guy. Okay. Yeah. I get so angry why he's still on these albums. Here you go, Bill. Now Ford features Britney Spears, You Drive Me Crazy, Mandy Moore Candy, Eiffel 65, Blue Daba D. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's not you. Wait, that might be different. I don't think that's you, actually. Oh. I feel like Blue Daba D, I talked with Scott Lester. I'll figure it out by next time. Don't worry. But that is the next okay. one's coming out regardless. Blue Daba D and oh my god, the fucking Ben Harper song, Seal My Kisses, which is a garbage song. Macy Gray, I try, Blink 182, All the Small Things, and Joe I Wanna Know, among others. So mm. the, the archives are being added little by little. If I were to guess, the archives will be fully added in like three years. Yeah. Because, Bill, did you know they came out? I'm sorry, real quick. It's only take two minutes. Bill, did you know that they came out with now, like, 73? Yeah, I saw. I'm only on 40. That's the last one I did. And Uh, not only that, did you know that they came out? So many hours. Yeah, and and Josiah, they keep adding them. I'm never going to catch up. And I've already said this on now, too, that I'm going to do this show until I'm 70 years old. Because I'm just never going to catch up between the singles. I'm sorry, between the uh, the spinoffs, all the Christmas albums, all the country albums, yep. all the, um, the Latin albums. It's, it's insane. And not only that, where is it? Hold on, let me check this out here. Not only that, but they put out... Bill, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Now Yacht Party 2. 
I did hear something about that. What the fuck is a yacht party? <laughs> what is what is that? Like I, I, I'm looking at that like so one of the ones that I have in my queue that I have to do within the next like two months is now that's what I call the modern songbook. What is that? No idea. Well, you know, I actually did learn because I asked someone that's in music. I was like, hey, let me just ask you. What the fuck is a yacht party? And he wrote me back, and he kind of said it's like it's like older music, and he's like it's not as fun as you would think it is. I'm like, great, thanks. <laughs> Just let me ask you this before before you give sure. uh, before we uh, head out of here. What kind of music sure. are you interested in? Like, what do you like? We never really talked about that, have we? Uh. I like mostly mostly rock and uh, alt rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I like like I like Arcade Fire and Muse, Switchfoot and uh, 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 um, Our Lady Peace. Uh, I like uh, which is a, a, a Canadian grunge band. Sure, you've never heard whatever. Of uh, yeah. Uh, and they've been, they, their peak in the United States was probably the late nineties, early two thousands, but they kind of just retreated into Canada and still been producing albums since then. I still love their music. Um, I like red hot chili peppers. Uh, uh, really, I'm kind of pretty much open to anything except for uh, country and rap. Really? Like I like Metallica. (laughs) You sound like my friend Rowdy Ross. He's definitely not into uh, into any kind of country. But mm-hmm. Our Lady Peace, I'm curious now because I feel like I've heard from Our Lady Peace. Obviously not for whatever because you know it's a big wrestling song, but not so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they ended up on one of those albums, the Now oh, they albums. De- they definitely did. Uh, I, I guess, I'm just trying. Uh, to, trying and to I'm guessing. I'm going to guess it's Superman's Dead or Clumsy. One of those two. Good luck. Um, Bill, while you're waiting for me, say something. <laughs> um, okay, well, currently I'm watching... I have it on mute, Dark Side of the Ring. And they're doing the Cactus Jack-Jimmy Snuka fight that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Oh, man. So, and I... I thankfully decided to record it uh, for later, so I'll watch it tomorrow and see what they were talking about. So, all right. So as of right now, as of this recording, and I've only gone to now. That's what I call podcasting forty, um, which I believe is in the 2010-2011 range. And I'm a little surprised by this. Our Lady Peace only has one contribution. Which is somewhere out there from now. That's oh, what I call podcasting oh. eleven. Okay, somewhere out there. That was their peak in the United States, right there. Uh, there that is. Is, song is on uh, their album Gravity. It's a very good song too. Well, there it is. I'll never but hear Lady. Not... Pe- I'll never hear Our Lady Peace again because if you're saying this is their peak, that was now eleven. I'm on now forty right now. Although, with that being said. Uh, if you listen to some music in your off time, 
uh, I highly suggest uh, checking out some of their stuff, uh, especially their earlier albums. They're very, he is a very um, nasally voice, uh, but it, it just works with the style of music. They go Superman, Superman's dead is probably uh, my favorite song from theirs. Um, but they've also did innocent. If you look that up, you will probably have heard it in, in around 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, another good song. So as far as I go, that's podcasting.com. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm adding to the archives. We have eliminated a Royal Rumble podcast. Uh, this Sunday, I believe we have Royal Rumble 2005. Am I correct, Bill? Yes, we do. Yes, Ooh. we get to talk about Vince McMahon tearing his quads and Muhammad Hassan, <laughs> or his quad, I guess, quads. Um, Muhammad Hassan getting thrown out by everyone. Um... I don't remember what else. Bill, help me out. What else happened in that role? Oh, what else was? Uh, let's see. Benoit has another good performance. Oh, Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero. They had a couple of segments. Oh my! Oh, that's right. Isn't this the one of the ones that like maybe has the most segments ever? It might have because there was those two, and then there was a JBL segment, and. I want to see there was like another one or two after or during. Right. Okay, so like that'll. Uh, I don't remember. That'll be up this Sunday, and uh, as far as now, that's why I call podcasting goes. The current plan is for now, uh, four to be up in the archives on the seventeenth, and now four has a bunch of songs that, like I said to Bill, I'm not really, I don't know why, I can't remember if he's on that one or or on five. Bill, do you remember if you're on four or five? I thought I was four. Maybe, maybe. I thought, I mean, do you remember talking about So Neek, It Feels So Good? (laughs) I think I remember talking about Macy Gray. I think you were too. Now that I'm looking about it, yeah. And we talked about Larger Than Life, and we talked about Mandy mm-hmm. Moore. Yes, you definitely were on Mandy Moore's Candy. Yes! 100%. Because we talked about her, uh, Sheriff Callie. Sheriff Callie's yes. Wild West. So we talked about Sheriff Callie from Dizzy, from, uh, from Dizzy Jr. By the way, in the future, everyone, Bill is on the G- Disney Jr. episode. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, before we go, Josiah, before I pass on the bill for the final thing tonight, Josiah, what is your favorite Disney Junior show? <laughs> my favorite Disney Junior show. Hmm. Well, uh, I believe I heard Brian and Vinny one time. Instead of reviewing a WWE show, they decided to review. I think it was um, Mickey Mouse's Funhouse. Oh God! Come inside, it's fun inside. And I will have to say, it had a much more coherent plot because they were looking for Goofy and they could not find him. (laughs) And the plot line was very coherent, and they did it to compare the storytelling to Raw. And let me tell you, one of those stories were really good. And one of them was not, comparatively, in terms of storytelling structure. And the one that was really good 
was written for children on Disney Junior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Josiah, what happened? So to Goofy? I guess I guess I'll have to go with that. What I'll have to go with that. What happened to Goofy? Uh, I believe he was just fishing down at the river <laughs> or something like that. You know what? Good for him. You know, I hope he used the perfect cast. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, you can catch me at thatspodcasting.com. Uh, you can catch me on, uh, on uh, that's Twitter and Instagram, or thatspodcasting.com in general. And that's pretty much it. I'm just going to go and practice the perfect cast now. Bill, give, give, give us oh, your final, gosh. and then we'll, we'll sign off. Um, I have nothing else to add to that, so... We'll just end it here, and uh, we'll talk to you all later. Have a good day. (laughs) Oh, man. It was a crash and burn at the end, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bill, did did everything capture? Because there was a concern. 